You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. All right, welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back. This is episode 269. Yes, got it. Dope. A um, couple of announcements before we get started. First of all, thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate y'all for listening, uh, all seven of y'all. <laughs> uh, real quick, so Record Play is coming back, formerly known as Hip Hop Bingo, on September Wednesday, September 21st at the Pershing on the east side. So we upgrading. Uh, tickets are live right now. You can go to recordplay.live to get your tickets. Uh, we got K. Cali, we got Rudy Devino and myself hosting. Uh, and the theme is East Coast Hip Hop Edition. So brush up on your East Coast Hip Hop knowledge. Uh, everything from Wu Tang to Jay Z to DMX and all that good stuff. I mean, this is what I grew up on. I mean, I wasn't in New York, but this is my shit. It's my favorite type of hip hop, but it'll be a good time. Uh, and then the comedian for the show will be Derek Poston and Justin Rodriguez. Really, really funny guys. So, yeah, just go get your tickets. Recordplay.live. It's that easy. Uh, we're rebranding. We've got big things coming up. Uh, venue looks dope as hell. Shout out to Native Hustle for letting us uh, do hip-hop bingo there for so long. But now it's called Record Play. So come on through. Get your tickets. It'll be a good time. Uh, also, make sure you follow the feedback and record play live on Instagram. Uh, I'll be posting some updates uh, about the shows coming up, people I'm going to have on. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. All right, let's get the show started. I'm really excited. This is kind of last minute. I saw this guy. I mean, I've known you for a few months now, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got John Rice in my building. What's up? What's up? How you doing, man? Oh, uh, you know, relaxing, uh, sitting around with my cool hat, looking cool. <laughs> That's why I got it. You know what? I, I thought it was a bold move last night when you just took the hat off and put just it, on the, mic it stand. on the mic stand. Yeah, That's the first time I've ever done that. I don't oh, know why it? I did I've it. I've never seen you do that. I didn't, I don't know why. It was just, I, I was like, well, I'm fucked. I, I got roped into it. So, like Chris Reese was supposed to do the show last night. And he right, right. Yeah, he couldn't show. So it was like, fuck it. If I, I'm just... I'm here on someone else's dime, you know. It's kind of like, uh, who gives a shit? So I just pop my hat off and start bullshitting. See where I go with it. It, it was fun, uh, but I think I think I'm going to start performing without a hat. Just make it easier for people to see my uh, my facial features, yeah, my oh, my, sure. my expressions and stuff. Because like I, I I've always worn a hat since I was you know little, and so uh, a lot of people see me in a hat. They're like, oh man, you should be embarrassed to be bald wearing a hat. I'm like, it's not a bald thing. It's just I'm used to wearing. Hat. It's for the weather. There's weather outside. Uh-huh. It's hot. It keeps the sun off your head. It's cold. Keeps your head warm. I, I, I'm balding up top. Like I got the halo shit. Ah. Uh, and so, but on top of that, I've been having some skin issues. So my dermatologist was like, yeah, wear hats because if the sun hits your scalp, uh, it's not good. Also protect your face. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm evidence. You got to do that. I'm only 28. Yeah. For God's sake. Shay, if you're 28, if you look like that for 28, do not give me that hope. I've had, I've had a rough life back. I know you have. I know you have. Uh, I am 40, but... Like, so I, am I. You're, I. you're 40? Remember, because when we, talk, oh, we talked yeah. about that, you're like, right. look, this is white people at 40, this is black people at 40. Exactly. And I was like, uh, yep, that we don't bend, and you have... Correct, my I've friend. Age like a pumpkin <laughs> in the sun. No one, no one ever told me about moisturizer. First I ever heard about Yo, it was Bill Burr's is bit. your friend. 
I'm Bill, telling you, Jorgens is your friend. Bill Burr did a whole bit about, you know, white people got to be friends with black people. They'll teach you shit you don't know. Like, I learned about moisturizer. And I'm like, what do you mean moisturizer? He's like, and in his bit, he's like, I, like, I would like dry myself off after a shower and I'd be like, that, I got to wash my towel. I'm all itchy. You know, that damn dirty towel. And I was like, that, I've done that. I've done that exact fucking thing and had no idea it was dry uh, skin. Yeah. I mean, I, I, every time I wash my hands, I got to put lotion on. It sucks because when you go to the public bathroom and some some soap actually dries your skin way faster. So then I end up using um, hand sanitizer to moisturize my hands. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got moisturizer in it. Yeah. that that So it's like because I turn white, which I never want to do. And it's all. I it's mean, there's, a, there's privilege involved. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it. it, it <laughs> I don't think it'll work in the first place. Like, yeah, you're, you're dark enough. It won't work. Well, I mean, I, they, they don't tell you. As soon as you become homeless, you lose a lot of your white privilege. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. Whenever I was homeless, whenever I was hitchhiking hippie, I would get cops on my ass all the time. I would get followed around in a, in a grocery store. I would uh, be standing in front of a gas station, and the owners of the gas station would come out and be like, hey, you need to fuck off. I'm like, but I'm just hanging here. He's like, yeah, but people have been coming in and telling me you're asking for money, and I wasn't asking no one for money. Oh. You know? And I've had I've had guns pointed at me probably about a dozen and a half times in my life. Homeless and every just... time it was by a cop. Oh, shit. And all but two times it was whenever I was homeless. But every time it was a cop. How'd you get homeless? Oh, just, uh, I slipped into it like an old man slips into a hot bath. Uh, <laughs> I I had, that. I, well, I had a CDL. And I mean, I could drive commercial vehicles, the big rigs and stuff. Uh-huh. And I had a friend that had a band. And I made him like some forced Gump Lieutenant Dan promise. I was like, if your tour bus ever get, if your band ever gets a tour bus, mm-hmm. I'll come drive it for you. I got a CDL. Well, a couple years later, he called me up out of Hey, we got a fucking bus. I was like, I'll be there in a week. You know, so I went down there, and uh, that was uh, Newport News, Virginia, based out of. And we drove all up and down the East Coast and down through, like, New Orleans. And, this is what, five years ago? Oh, this is 2007. Oh. <laughs> this is... This is uh, you can be homeless when you're young. Like, 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can sleep on concrete. Yeah, you can sleep on concrete. Wake up, be just fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now. No, no shit ain't happening. So, wait. So, you were so you I was driving, driving a band around. Yeah, and then uh, they stopped touring. And uh, there was a, a what we called in the hippie community. Uh, I came to learn what we called a uh, trustafarian. That's someone who's got a trust fund that likes to go on urban safari. What's so, an urban safari? Yeah, like they they want to be a hippie, but they got a trust fund. They got a lot of lot of scratch. So this lady or this girl had bought a, a bus uh-huh. and had the interior all retrofitted for an RV. So it had like bunk beds, a stove, a toilet, a shower, all that shit in it. Uh-huh. And she drove it over a hedge, and the hedge had grabbed onto the, the septic tank on the bottom of it and ripped it off, and she drugged shit across half of Newport News because of it, <laughs> and she was dating one of the guys in the band, uh-huh. and uh, she was like, well, we're going to go to Arizona to this rainbow gathering, a hippie gathering, they call it oh, rainbow the rainbow. I know the rainbow. Yeah. I dated a hippie. Oh, there you go. And she told, I, I used to, uh, every time she'd call me about it, she'd tell me about it, uh, I was like, yeah, it's the underwear party. Because you wear the same underwear the whole time. I used to make fun of it. But she, she was you, big into that. Yeah. And her, so was the kids. Oh, the yeah. rainbow it, gathering, yeah. It, it, they, were, they were a blast. And they talked me into it. And so I went with them out across the, the country. And eventually the bus just got obnoxious. 
and there was an alcoholic dude that had a, a, a van, and he was driving hippies around in the van. He needed someone to drive the van for him. And so I did that for a while till his alcoholism got too much for me. And I was like, fuck this. Guitar, backpack, oh, fucking. Hitchhike, did you, did you know where you were going? Uh, let's see. I got off. Did you have goals, John? <laughs> Depended on the time of year. A lot of times it was just to get your way to the next uh, rainbow gathering in, in another small part of, uh, of the of the country, somewhere, some little national forest. They're always held in national forest. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah, I remember that. Um, or a, a music festival sometimes, like because I would make my money by like going out on the street and playing guitar, mm-hmm. or doing what we call spanging. It's a contraction word. Spare change, spange. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I would never be like these lazy bastards down here, like. Wherever we were hippies, like we would like to go out on the night on the town as hippies back in the day. Like we'd be in a big city or, or even a town. We're like, mm-hmm. let's go find something. Let's go fuck shit up. And one of our favorite things to do was to see. One thing we would go into bars and just try and finish finish drinks. So finish like, drinks. So this is sitting on the table. Ain't no one standing next to it. I'm finishing that drink. That, and how do you call that? <laughs> well, you, that. you call it. Lucky to never be roofied. That's yeah, you call it leftovers. Oh yeah, I do. Well, we didn't give a shit. We we would uh, try to gross each other out as a point of fun. I went. I walked dead into a McDonald's at like r- lunch rush hour and went through their garbage inside there until I found a half a cheeseburger and started gnawing on it. That is the life. Hey, just because someone was like, you, "You're not going to do that," I'm like, "No, I'll do that." And Wait, hold on, hold on. So you, you you when you say we, you're talking like. Was it ten people just bum rushing the uh, the no. bar, or what's what is it? With uh, with that particular time, it was like five of us. It's no, I mean, we don't, try not to get too big of a group because you know, yeah, you, you know. So, uh, <laughs> but I remember this one time we were in Carbondale, Illinois, and it's a big college town. Uh-huh. And normally at rainbow gatherings, there's not a lot of alcohol. Alcohol is allowed up front, but not in the main gathering. Uh-huh. But the Shawnee gathering in the Shawnee National Forest outside of Carbondale is the drunk gathering. So everyone's bringing in all kinds of alcohol. There's drinking everywhere in there. And we were getting shit can hammered. And one day someone was like, Hey guys, let's just go into, let's go into the the college town. It's Friday night. It's college. We're going to get fucked up. So we walked around like sorority row and fucking, uh, the Greek village, whatever they call it, where where all the fraternities and shit are. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And we were just, we would just walk up to this big mansion like place and like five hippies deep. We're all, Looking like hippies, like dirty street like, kids. And smelling like something. Smelling like them. Half of us got dreads and shit. Boom, 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 boom on the door. And then like a couple of frat brothers over there were like, yeah? We're like, hey, man, where's the fat chicks and beer? <laughs> that was your pitch? They told, us that, they told us there's fat chicks and beer here, man. We're here for the fat chicks and beer. Woo! And they let you in? No, nah, no, nah, they never let us in. They oh, give us some beer. Fuck. Most of them thought we were another fraternity dressed up trying to be silly gooses. There was always the hippie fraternity. Um, I don't know. Not, I've never not, been to not, college. Not, not on that. Well, well, not on that level. <laughs> but you had like I remember. Uh, uh, I went to Southwestern University, Georgetown, just north of here. Mm. And then there was, you know, the there was the Pike House, there was the K House, that was the conservative dudes that would. Well, that's wave. the KKK House. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> no, they would wave the Confederate flag. Of course they and, would, and they would get uh, uh, suspended for that. I, I can't stand for But it's guys. what I believe in. No, no look, I, I, oh, fuck it. I'll, I'll tell the story. So they, uh, so they got, the house got suspended. The K house got suspended. And one day I was going to, 
to work. And then some ladies stopped me and said, Hey, what do you think about the, the house getting suspended? And, uh, and I'm like, well, I mean, that's fucked up. They waved the Confederate flag. Yeah. You know, whatever. I mean, I, I knew some of these guys individually and I was always cool with them. And next, you know, later that day, I go to the gym. My friends go, yo, back. You were on TV talking shit about the gay house. So the news actually edited my response to make it look like I was talking shit about that house. Damn. <laughs> yes. Like, if y'all want one to get, there he is. Yeah, no. The, and then the, the hippie house, the sick house, threw a party for the gay house. And I show up and I see one dude just start pointing at me going, hey, that's the guy who's talking shit about, you know, about our house uh, on, 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 on the local news. And I'm like, bitch, you were a freshman with me last year. You just joined like three months ago. Don't act like your life has changed. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, so there was always the, and that, the, the sick house was like the, yeah, the dreadlocks and the hippies and, you know, they had the smell too. I remember. Yeah. That oh yeah. The, uh, it's armpit slash patchouli. I am honestly yes, allergic. Patchouli. Yeah. I'm allergic to most deodorants, so I normally don't wear them. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause fuck it. Uh, who am I trying to impress? But, uh, yeah, the hippie, I was the judge of an armpit smelling competition, uh, one time. Uh, That's the, the thing? World. In the hippie world, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I see, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated okay. by subcultures. Let, let me put the pedal to the metal for you and let you know the extent. Uh, I once saw a hippie eat a used tampon on a, on a dare. I saw the one take it out and give it to the other one and then he ate it. But what is, what is the appeal? It's the like, I, it, it's nothing. it's almost like a proving of I don't give a shit, and that that's what a lot of a lot of them want to be nihilists. A lot of them want to be anarchists and shit. And I'm like, but you do understand if there was anarchy, you couldn't spange for money. Sure, you know, like you're not a survivalist. You're 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 a street kid, which is fine. But don't you know stay in your fucking lane. But what what's interesting to me is that these kids <laughs> are usually correct me if I'm wrong, like. They got money. Like nah, if you, if you a have lot of them the come term. from shitty fucking broken homes or or shit like that. But there are, is a decent amount of them that have money that are just like they're rebelling. Yeah, you know? that, that's that's the the what's the word archetype that I'm thinking about when I think yeah. hippies. It's like yeah, I, I go to all the music festivals. I ain't got no job, but I you know a Coachella, Burning Man, all of them, and but. I almost went to uh, uh, what's the one? I think it's Coachella. That's the one in Tennessee, right? No, no, that's Coachella's Cal- in California, I think. Bonnaroo. Oh, I think Bonnaroo. of Bonnaroo. Yeah, almost went to that one once. Have you done? Have you gone to Burning Man? No, nah, no, nah, I've been. I've been to any of the major ones. I've been to outside of Carbondale, Illinois. There's one called Cave Stock. I mean, a bunch of hippies went to that one. There's one down in uh, Florida between Naples and Miami on Alligator Alley. You get like halfway across and go straight up, and then. There's a place up there, uh, uh, yeah, Lingarado Music Festival. And that was wild, man. Because, like you said, there's a lot of these rich kids get, like, those are $300 fucking tickets. No shit. And I don't, and, I don't, like, I don't, they don't do shit for a living. Yeah. So, as hippies, there's uh, three different ways to get in mm-hmm. there's uh, Miracle, there's Ninja, and there's Jedi. Okay. So, to Miracle, that's an old school thing from the uh, Grateful Dead. To where all you got to do is sit out in front where everyone's walking in and hold up one finger. That means I, I need a ticket to get in. Mm-hmm. And some rich head will come up and fucking, hey, man, come on, I'll buy you a ticket. He'll get you in. Right. Uh, that one sucks. I don't like that one. It's boring. 
Uh, now you can ninja in. Now a lot of people wanted to ninja into Langarado, but that's a bad idea. Now ninja is obviously, I think, self-explanatory. You, you sneak in, right? But over a fence, whatever. Through a fence, through the woods. Uh, but this was again Alligator Alley. So you're talking. There's just canals lining either side of the road. They're like twenty, thirty feet to get through them. Mm-hmm. And uh, wherever you got to the music festival, it was all cow pastures. Once you're on the other side of the canals. And they turn this cow pasture into the music festival. They're doing all the stages and all the concessions and setting up all that shit. And that's where all the camping is going to be. And then on this side of the road, they had all the uh, uh, employee shit. This is where you, you know, this is where the employees are going to be living. This is where the employees sign in and all that shit. And we went down there to just kind of scope things out and saw that. But uh, and we, we didn't want to ninja in because gators. There, there were gators on the beach, and you could see them swimming around in the in the shit like they are it's in the alligator alley. Yeah, <laughs> for a fucking reason. reason. Yeah, I, there was a lot of a lot of leather out there. Uh, so yeah, so uh, the last way is Jedi, and that's where you mind trick your way in, and that's how we got in because uh, we were you, you, about three miles before you get to the festival because we went down there to check out you know the day before and look around, and we went back to this gas station three miles away, and this hippie, random hippie, comes up, long dreads. Hey man, you guys want to get into the festival? Yeah, he's like, all right, you go down there to the tent that says, uh, uh, like, MPS sign-ins and shit, uh-huh. and you just walk in there, and you say, hey, man, we just got hired on John from MPS, sent us down here to sign our paperwork, and you're in. And we're like, all right, well, it's worth a shot. You know, so we go down there, and there's like four or five of us deep, and we all walk in there, and I'm obviously the spokesperson. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, we all just came down, John from MPS sent us, da da like, all right, you got to sign your release forms, and gave us all blank forms, said, put your name here. Sign here, date here, and uh, then give us the wristbands. And wherever I would have to sign for anything, wherever I was a hippie, uh, food stamps, I got food stamps wherever I was a hippie, wherever I had to do any of that stuff uh, or go to food banks and sign something, I would always sign as James Stewart. And then they would always read it back. All right, so that's James Stewart. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you you can call me Jimmy. You know, and that's some Jedi shit. It's some stupid shit. So anyway, we uh, we did that. We got our wristbands. We start walking away. And we're almost out of the tent, and the guy goes, "Hey!" And we freeze. All of us fight or flight. We just turn around slowly. He's like, "You forgot your parking pass." Yo, this is like, yep. You got to walk it. You got to act like you belong there. Exactly. Until That's you have reason to run. Yes. And all of us were hippies. We all have that. Like, you see a bear, don't run. Assess the situation. And I just walked over, yeah, man, we're in his parking pass. And we got in for uh, for three fucking days. And we had crew wristbands, right? Uh-huh. And so there's uh, the the uh, golf carts zipping and zooming this way and that, giving people rides. And we're like, yo, they have to stop and pick us up because we're crew. Fuck yeah. Uh, if I'd be in a random uh, someone's camp or something and just bullshitting, they, they'd see it like, you're crew? What do you do? And uh, it was being headlined by... F- uh, 311 Beastie Boys and Phil Lesh and friends. And Phil Lesh is one of the Grateful Dead. Uh-huh. And so I'll just be like, oh, I'm Phil Lesh's guitar tech. And they'd be like, look me up and down, look at all the hippies. You're like, you're Phil Lesh's guitar tech? I'm like, yeah, why else would <laughs> I have a, this? Here's a guitar. Can you show me? <laughs> well, I was like, why else would you think I have this guitar tuner in my pocket right now? And I put it back in there and they're like, oh, that fucking makes sense. I was a fucking hitchhiking hippie. Tuner. Anybody can get a fucking tuner. Yeah, I need to sit there and tune my guitar and shit. And so, uh, but yeah, and Whenever we would go to music festivals, uh, hippies, once we would get in, we would go to what they call Shakedown Alley. And that's pretty much where all, you can, and you can always just tell. And it's just an area where all the drug sellers are. And you go there and you just walk down and it, someone will be, uh, hey man, you look uh, you look like a hitchhiking hippie kind of a thing. Yeah, all right, you want work? 
what's the work? Uh-huh. And it'll uh, either be, oh, yeah, I'm selling uh, 2CC. It's a synthetic mescaline. And I, I never have dealt no with idea what that is. Uh, 2CC, 2CI, 2CB, these are all chemicals that are made in a lab. And they form a molecule that looks just like a drug molecule. And it'll react in your brain the same way for the most part. But it's still just a bunch of chemicals, so it'll normally taste something like a marker or like you're licking a battery. Is it a pill? It's not good stuff. Is it a... It's like white on white blotter, if you know what that is, with acid, LSD. Okay. It's just a piece of paper, typically, or oh, liquid. Okay. And But I would never sell that. And you're just like, no, nah, man, I'm good. You should keep walking and hit some other guy. Hey, man, you want work? Yeah, what's the work? Uh, sell mushrooms. Uh, it's too much of a hassle to sell mushrooms. I like sell mushrooms. I'm good. Go down a little while later. Hey, man, you want to say sell some acid? Yes, sir. I got <laughs> Sign me up. I I'm mean, James Stewart. We're all, yeah, we're all <laughs> hitchhiking around. I, I had this very Leatherman, and uh, where's that? Here we go. I have sold thousands of dollars worth of acid and used that to cut him up. Holy shit, man. But whenever uh, I would sell acid, uh, so typically whenever you would buy it, so you, the guy would front you a 10 strip starting out. Say, hey, man, that's a... Uh, uh, $40. That's $40 uh-huh. for that. Bring me back the money. And now you just go off. You didn't get You go money. on a festival grounds and just look for people and sell it. Yeah. And it's an open air drug market. So you're walking around going, doses, doses, got your good doses, two for three, three for five, five for 10, good deals, all deals are on, doses, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, you sell that and you go back and give him the money. Now he thinks he can trust you or he feels he can trust you. Now he'll give you half a sheet and tell you, all right, I want you to sell this half a sheet of acid and I want this amount of money for it. And you go sell it and give him his amount of money. You got to pocket your amount of money. Uh-huh. And you do that until you're done or, you know, whatever. And he'll do that with like 50 hippies. And if, or not 50, but he'll do that with probably like 10, 15 hippies. And if five or six of them never come back with the money, he really hasn't lost a lot. Because he's right. probably one or two steps away from the beginning. Oh, okay. And, gotcha. and that, that's like a hub. And also like ecstasy, Molly. There's people out there walking around with um, balloons in between each finger. Uh-huh. So he's got like four or five balloons walking around of nitrous oxide, you know, $1 a balloon, free balloon on your birthday, shit Holy like that. Fuck. But is there competition between the, the hippies? Nah. Or like, I got, I got stage nah, A, there's you no got stage B. Gangs and uh, that would be, there's that'd no be funny breaking as fuck. bad shit. I, I, w- I would have loved to see two hippies just go out. Nah, this is my turf. <laughs> you get the concession area. I get the, <laughs> I get the kitty section. Well, one of my favorite things to do is I'll tell someone uh, where I sold mass. I'm like, hey, man. You know the four rules of tripping, right? Like, no, man, what's that? I'm like, all right, man. Fire is hot and painful. Water is cold and wet. Assume every car you see is real. And if you're going to fly, start from the ground. <laughs> That's a, that should be on a shirt somewhere. It's, it's perfect. It's just the perfect, you know, selling drugs kind of a thing. People would be like, uh, uh, so if this is bad, and if this doesn't work, I can come back and get my money back from you. I'm like, as long as you bring your receipt. Right. So how long did you do that for? Uh, a couple of years. Uh, from just the, from festival to festival? Just start jet away? Either festivals or uh, or uh, just rainbow gatherings themselves. Uh, sometimes we would just get, uh, with that van one time, this is one of my favorite hippie memories, mm-hmm. uh, I had gotten chiggers. And you know what those are? No, I'm learning. I'm just going to, this is the John Rice show. I'm just uh, shutting the fuck up so I can listen to your stories, man. Well, uh, chiggers are a small uh, insect that'll burrow under your skin 
and I got like this little wart thing here, kind of, but it looks like that, like a little white bump, you know? Uh-huh. And now it's under your skin and it itches and burns and it sucks until it pops out eventually. And it's very small, like a gnat, so you never even notice it when it pops out, uh-huh. you know? But, uh, and they're just super painful. And I'd walked through uh, a lot of brush and got them all on my feet. Uh, so I was doing the no shoes thing and we were in Missouri, uh, the Mark Twain National Forest. And it was just me and some hippies. We weren't even doing a gathering. We had used our food stamps to buy all kinds of awesome meat, like strip steaks, fucking T-bones, uh-huh. all kinds of vegetables and, and breads and sweets and stuff. We brought them out. You went the through w- all the garbage in the town. Oh, no. We, uh, uh, food stamp card. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, but, uh, but no, we did. We were freelance waste reduction engineers. Don't call us dumpster divers. <laughs> freelance waste reduction engineer. That was a great gig to have. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, this place had trails, but instead of trailers, it was like water that was like waist high and had like mm-hmm. rounded river rocks at the bottom of it that were just naturally soft and overhanging trees. So you just walk around this whole fucking park in this cool thing. And it was so nice for my feet at the time. Right. But uh, wherever we would go dumpster diving, and again, this is again a hippie thing. You, you'll do shit just to be a silly goose. So we were, uh, uh, yeah, there's no repercussions. You're... Well, I mean, yeah, for the most part, there, for the there, most part, yeah, there's this guy, we called him Kramer uh, because he looked like, uh, Seinfeld, you know, Kramer from Seinfeld, Michael Richards, but like a foot shorter. No, he never <laughs> did. He was pretty hippie. He was pretty hippie, but he, uh, he was one of these guys. And I do mean this very literally, uh, he would be in the woods he would see a mushroom growing. He would eat it. Oh, just, I don't give a fuck. Don't I'm give invincible. a fuck. Went to the hospital a few times with his liver failing because of poison mushrooms. Oh, he's dead guy. Because he's like, oh, I know about this mushroom. Oh, I know about that one. And he's like, no, you don't, bud. But um, <laughs> one time we were digging through a dumpster, and it was a, a grocery store dumpster. And one awesome thing is they just thrown out a bunch of meat that had gone bad that day. You uh-huh. know, so it wasn't bad, and it was still right. hard, hard, frozen, you know. Yeah. So we're snatching all that shit out, and then the bakery had thrown out a bunch of shit next to that, and it was just like like a, a two-pound pile of frosting, of chocolate frosting. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what's that, Kramer? And he's like, looks like chocolate frosting. I'm like, yeah, but what does it taste like? He's like, <laughs> it almost starts puking. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's not, not frosting. He's like, no, but there was, it was frosting. There was a fly in <laughs> it. Or there was a bug. There was a big bug. He put it in his mouth, and he feel the bug wiggling around. And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> fucking dude, Kramer's wacky. Is he still alive? <clears throat> I think so. I saw him at a reunion thing where it was just like I know a lot of old heads that got off the hitchhiking hippie trail and uh, retired off the trail in California, mm-hmm. and a few of them would get together at Mount Shasta every year to to have a thing and i went to that one uh five or six years ago and he was still alive he was at that and uh he was like uh he's like hey man good to see you. i'm like good to see you. we hugged he's like hey man you want to eat some of my acid and he pulled out some gel tabs i'm like cool man you want to eat some of my acid and i pulled out some white on white water we're like fuck yes we're just trading acid you know <laughs> and uh that i tripped hard that night man I was laying I, on my I, back looking at trees, and they were just frosting over and shit. It was wild. I can't imagine that kind of life. In a way, like I don't envy it. I actually, do you see a lot of black people on the trail? Uh, a couple, not it's, uh, obviously a minority. Yeah, but uh, let's see. There was Marcus, um, and uh, his favorite thing was be like, uh, 
You can say whatever you want around me, but you always got to say no offense, Marcus. <laughs> like, okay. So someone would be like, uh, uh, like right next to Marcus. She's like, hey, hey, guys, you know why black guys don't play baseball? Because they're stealing all the bases. Or why they shouldn't be allowed to steal or yes. play baseball. He's like, oh, no offense, Marcus. And it was just this long rolling gag. And then he would come back with a white joke. And I, um, he had a wet dog one. I don't know. He was a funny cat. But now there was a lot of appropriation, obviously. A lot of uh, Jim Bays, a lot of Doombecks rolling around with the hippies. They love their drums. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. A lot of uh, sitars. Oh, sitars, too. Why not? Oh, they love that shit. <laughs> and people would show. Drum with, circles for no reason. Oh, people would show with wacky instruments, man. It's like uh, a two stringed oriental lute that you've never heard of before, but then they start playing. <laughs> Somebody it. shows up with a harp. You're like, where the fuck did you Harps? get a harp? I've seen harps. <laughs> I was just 100% seen harps. Oh, I've yeah. seen uh, melodicas. That's the like a harmonica, but it's got a keyboard yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, the keyboard on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, hippies, they're, they're a silly, they're, they're a fun group. They're a fun group. So, of wait, so when you come to Austin, you see the hippies we have here, you're like, this, you guys are laughable. This is not nowhere. Oh, near. yeah, yeah. Most of the hip, hippies here are trustifying hippies. They're, they're like, yeah. uh, I'm. I'm doing what I'm doing so people recognize what I'm doing. Hi, yeah, my name is Travis. I, I live. I'm from B Caves, but you know you can catch me at Barton Springs just dancing barefoot. Like fuck, yeah. That there's a lot dancing of dancing barefoot. That that's that's the extent of the hippie life that he's willing oh, to live. I would get in arguments with hippies all the time about shit like that, like barefoot stuff. Uh-huh. I'm like, you're, you're going barefoot. They're like, yeah. I'm like through through the woods. They're like, yeah. I'm like, you're fucking stupid. And they're like, no, man. Humans weren't meant to wear shoes. I'm like. Like, it depends on how far back you go, stupid. Like, <laughs> like we're talking like 10,000 years ago. No, they were wearing shoes. 20,000 years. They were still wearing shoes. We got to go like 100, 150,000 years to be like shoeless Joe human, you know? Uh, how, how about Africa has shoes? <laughs> you know? We have shoes in Africa. You trying to live like, like way hey, back before that? No. It's it's ridiculous, man. And and they'll like, are you uh, veganism? And it's like, yo, man, if you want to be a vegan because of health reasons, dude, do it up. If you want to be a vegan because you just don't like the thought of eating meat, dude, again, perfectly solid reason. But uh, there's this one hippie I got an argument with every time I saw him because he was like, humans were never meant to eat meat, man. We're supposed to be vegetarians, just be like pandas. Look, that tone alone wants me to punch him in the face. Right, yeah. I just, just can't. Like, I think that, hey, man. Yeah. Gonna draw at the end, yeah, you know, so whatever. But you're, you got your, you know, you believe what you want to believe. I mean, I just know. And I'm like, I could kill you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like I could just reach out right now and strangle your scrawny little ass. Seriously, I could grab your spine through your stomach. It's stupid, man. Um, yeah, and oh, and the, and the hippies are really into crystals. Ugh. Oh, that and that. What's the one with the the bowl that you do the thing and it makes sound? How you call that shit? Like dowsing. It's basically a bowl, and then you have this like big ass. It's like a spoon, kind of, but a thick spoon, and it goes. Oh, that's a Tibetan. That's a Tibetan prayer bowl. Yeah, but you like you're doing that. Oh, yeah, they, they, the hippies are, are all about this and that, but they're also all about cultural appropriation, man. Any culture oh, that yeah. has any sort of mysticism or spookiness about it, they're like, Woo-hoo. we have bo- <laughs> I have boho decor in my apartment. Oh, hey, sh- shut up. They, they'll have uh, uh, Tibetan <laughs> prayer flags up over their tents and yeah, shit all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk by and they're like, namaste. I'm like, tell me what that means exactly. <laughs> and then say two more words in that fucking language, you asshole. Uh, you know? Namaste. I see you too, you stupid. I do yoga. Oh, yeah, they're all about, you know, and again, again, 
I'm all about, hey, man, you want to be healthy, you want to do stuff for you, do that. But whenever they give me the bullshit reasons, the hippie, dippy, peace and love, brother bear and sister squirrel. I always wonder if if those, if hippies, like if you guys, like the you and your five friends or whatever, if you were dropped off somewhere in a third world country, you'd be fine. Some I would think. Some of us would. I would. I know you. Would. I would be fine. Yeah, but uh, like you're in the middle of Zambia, hang, hanging out uh, Zambia. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I was gonna say Mogadishu. You know, a little bit of Somali action. You know, hanging out on the Horn of Africa. You know, sure. Where? Well, because that, that sounds like fun. A little bit of Black Hawk down, but like, just walk. Oh, that's what went, you know. <laughs> but I'm saying, tours. but uh, hey, could you tell me where the Black Hawk went down? Oh, no, no, no. I should be offended at that. <laughs> As an African, no, but it, but you're uh, most of them. I won't. I won't say most of them. Like they're able to do this because it's in the U.S. Yes. If they, if they were, I don't, I don't. I mean, I grew up in France. I don't remember a lot of hippies there. But you remember the smell, so that's got to be similar. Well, yeah, uh, but but not. To, it's, this is the thing, not to that extent. Not to where it, it like there's no rainbow gathering in the middle of France. Yeah, you know what I mean, like this is this is something that bored people. Well, or down on their luck, or whatever. Just wanted to live that life. Just want to be a it. hobo, yeah, yeah, and be like, I want to be freedom, man. This is America. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm like, all right, shut up. Did, did the girl you're seeing ever tell you why it's called the Rainbow and the Rainbow Gathering and all that I shit? For, I forget. So again, uh, we're, we're no, staying no, nothing gay, right? Nothing gay. <laughs> Surprisingly, we'll, we'll get to that part. <laughs> uh, but they, uh, so the, the hippies again. We're got, we're staying on the on the mode of cultural appropriation. Uh, the Hopi Indians had a prophecy that was like one day when the skies are black and the oceans are dying and the world is falling apart, uh, children of all colors, races, and religions will come together and uh, save the world. And they'll be the warriors of the rainbow. Oh, that's utopic. And yeah, and it, it's like <laughs> the, hippies, never happen. the hippies were like, just snorted a fucking quartz crystal. And we're like, oh, that's what I want. We're, we're doing that. We're do- taking the Hopi thing. But in the spirit of that, because I, I mean, first of all, she never, she never had pictures of it. She would just tell me about it. A lot of people front on pictures at the gathering. Yeah, exactly. the no, part. no, she still, she still sucks at taking pictures or anything. But uh, she lived in the treehouse in Johnson City. That's where she had her two kids. What city? Johnson City, just uh, west of here. Oh, okay. Like after, uh, like Fredericksburg. Or yeah, like, like, like was it a tree house, like with a bathroom and everything, or was it like a kid's tree fort? No, it was a tree house that was built, and they would go and bathe in the river. Are they fucking rich or some shit? No. No, no, no. But she did that. She had plumbing in the tree. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. I'd love to have me a tree house with plumbing in the tree, man. Hey. As a childhood dream come full true. On, full on hippie. Full on hippie, and I was like, and and some of the stuff that that we did, because I, I didn't know. I mean, I'm a city dude. I'm a black guy. I'm a city dude, right? And some of the stuff that she made me do was like, yeah, this is total hippie shit. She made you play hacky sack, didn't she? No, no, <laughs> no, no. But like, I have one in my car right now. I'm, I'm sure I'll you break do. it out. I'm sure you do. No, I'm talking about like, um, uh. Even camping, which is not really something I I was a scout. I was a Boy Scout as a kid. In they had Boy Scouts in France. Yeah, it's it's more of a camp, really. It's like you go on Saturdays, you go to this place, and then you just get to fuck around with your friends 
Oh, so it wasn't like a afternoon. week thing. Huh? It wasn't like a whole week thing. It was just on a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on, uh, they had like a camp during the summer when oh, we okay. go out and then we had to build everything, like the table, the kitchen, the bathroom in the woods. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we go to church every once in a while, but nobody gave a shit. This See, that's what we that's would do. That's the scout. Yeah, that's what we pretty much did with the hippie thing. Like, uh, we would dig, dig a shitter six foot deep, one foot wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, did, we did that. I was like, I don't know, 10, uh, uh, 9 or 10. And all the national forests, you're not allowed to make a permanent structure, which means you can't make anything that has nails in it, but you can tie stuff all you want. Yes. So we would you know, do thatching and stuff like that. And uh, we dug a uh, three tiered fire pit one time that was really awesome. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, like the gather, everyone had kind of would have a job at the gatherings a lot of times. Yes, I remember, I remember her telling me that. Yeah, uh, some people would do basic boring shit uh, like pocket trash. Mm-hmm. So their job was to get pocket trash. You got they would stop people on the trail and say, "Give me your pocket trash because mm-hmm. if it's in your pockets, it's going to end up on my trails, and I don't want that." So give me your pocket trash. I'll also take your pocket hash. Your pocket stash would be cool, even some pocket cash, but I prefer your pocket trash. And you know it's all about is that, is, is that a nursery it's for us all rhyme? about being clever. Hippies love cleverness. Uh. I, and my job, in my opinion, was the best in the hippie realm. It was uh, what we called Nick at Night. And uh, did your girl ever tell you about Nick at Night? Uh-uh. So we would give out nicotine day or night. That was our job. So we would walk around with what we called a busket. It was typically an old coffee can with a rope through it so you could have it around your neck and carry it around with you. Uh-huh. And in there, you'd have cardboard dividing it into four sections. Now, you would have uh, what we call tailor-made cigarettes, or an actual cigarette bought from a store with mm-hmm. a filter on it. That's a tailor-made. Uh, we would have all of our rolling tobacco in there as well. We'd have papers. We would have cigars, snuff, the kind you snort, mm-hmm. uh, uh, chewing tobacco, any kind of tobacco. We would try to have it on us. And the way that we would get the tobacco was by spanging it kind of from people coming into the gathering because a lot of people would bring supplies for people. And the way that you would get uh, tobacco for people is you would have to impress them with your Nick at Night spiel. And every Nick at Nighter would have a spiel, this long thing they'd run off and just yell at people to to give them them the uh, stuff. So Mm -hmm. a lot of them would share certain rhyme schemes or maybe a, a line or two, but everyone's was unique to them. And they had to come up with one. Yeah, it was part of like it was a real fraternity. Uh, the being a Nick Nighter. If you wanted to be a Nick Nighter, you had to be probated in. So someone would have to be like, "You want to be a Nick Nighter? All right, you're my probate. Follow me around. Roll my roll cigarettes. Do this. Do that." There was like an initiation where you had to roll a cigarette blindfolded. You had to roll one backwards. You had to roll one with the blue paper and then smoke it. You had to do snuff push-ups. Snuff push. <laughs> do do go down and doing snuff. Yeah, dude, they're fucking hardcore. Yeah, we'd have nicotine patches too. Um, but we were also like town criers. So any news going on, we mm-hmm. would be, because we're mobile through the gathering at all times, uh, day and night, you know, so you'd get, oh, there's a creepo up here. Or, hey, there's cops over here. Uh, Montana mud, the kitchen that, Mont- mud is a hippie term for coffee. So Montana mud is a hippie kitchen that serves primarily coffees and teas. You're like, oh, hey, they're making up uh, a chocolate covered coffee beans later, you know, mm-hmm. hit them up. You know, from your local Nick and I let you know. Yeah. You know. Um, but uh, like I said, the, like I said, my favorite thing was the spiel. And it was like mine was, uh, 
Yo, man, Nick at night, you need a cigarette? I got a cigarette. But if you've got a cigarette, I need a cigarette. Because there ain't no nation like a donation, and there's no city like a generosity. You know that you don't got to be a rock felt up fella, and you don't got to be a big bod to spend a dollar. What the fuck? It's just a buck. It's not out of your price range. I'm just asking for some pocket change. I'm not trying to start any drama. I'm just a hippie trying to boost your karma. So get down with the kickdown. You just woke up, I got a cigarette for you. You got done taking a walk, I got a cigarette for you. You got done having sex, I got a cigarette for you. You got done jerking off, I got two cigarettes for you. Because I know how stressful that shit can be. Yeah. Is it hot? <laughs> is too, too hot of a day for you? Have an ice cold cigarette. Is it a cold day? Have a nice warming cigarette. Are you sad? Have a joyful cigarette. You know, and uh, I think that's that's about all I can get off offhand right now. But yeah, get down with the kickdown. God damn, Billy, where's your book? <laughs> book? Yeah. What, oh, oh, to write a book about all this oh, shit? Yeah, it's no shit. Oh, uh, that's what got me into it. I read a book about it and I was like, uh, or I, I read a book about train hopping, and that got me into being a hitchhiker, being like, oh, that'd be a cool life. And once I started doing it and meeting all these train hopping people with eight fingers or nine toes or, you know, a stump. You oh, want to hear the wildest train hopping story? Like people got, like, uh, cut by the... Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to hear the wildest one? This is amazing. This Go is my ahead. favorite fucking uh, train hopping story. Oh, that ends up on stage somewhere. Uh, it might a lot of the, a lot of these I really should I should work but it's hard to work like a five minute story into a four minute open mic. Yeah, I know? get that, but <clears throat> that's like a uh, if there's like a storytelling kind of show. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, I'm on them. Yeah, and I'll uh, I got a better one than this of a hippie story, but I'll, I'll tell you that one in a minute. Go to train hopping one. But the train hopping one, it's about a Jughead, a guy named Jughead, and a guy named Pockets. Now Jughead. It was like, ah, oh, geez, I don't know, six foot six, three hundred something pounds, giant of a man. And Pockets was like, you know, basic height, basic weight, not that big of a guy. Well, all of them were in a a, a jungle. That's what we call a a a, tra- a, a, a train hoppers squat area outside of a train yard. That's called a, the, the jungle. Mm-hmm. And so they were hanging out there, and uh, Pockets was train hopping with his son, who was like, Pockets was in his forties, and his son was in his twenties. And uh, Jughead woke up in the middle of the night and stole Pockets' son's boots. Took off running. Uh, Hopped freight out of there. And uh, there's only one train that left that night, so they knew what direction he went. And Pockets' son was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go down to Goodwill and get a new pair of shoes. And Pockets was like, fuck that guy, I'm going to catch him. And that was in uh, San Diego, I believe. Uh, he uh, Pockets hopped a freight train out to El Paso, hung out in a the jungle there and talked to some people, and they're like, Jughead, big old, big old tall guy. Yeah, he come through here. Said he was gonna go hit up the Chicago stockyards and maybe uh, go down to this uh, gathering in Carbondale. All right, so he went to the Chicago stockyards, went down to Carbondale. We're like, oh yeah, he just left the gathering day before yesterday. Said he was gonna head down to Memphis, and in the Memphis uh, train yards, three fucking tracks away, he sees Jughead, and uh, uh, Pockets goes chasing after Jughead, and Jughead is half shit faced and goes running and jumps on a moving train. Falls off both legs right above the knee, gets sliced off. And uh, Pockets jumps on top of him, whips off his belt, tourniquets one leg, whips off Jughead's belt, tourniquets the other leg, saves his life, and uh, uh, they're best friends to this day. And uh, uh, What about the boots? Well, they were left out there somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, Did he get his boots back? That's all I want to know. To, to this day, Jughead's like, hey, it's karma, man. I stole boots. I lost my feet. <laughs> He's in a wheelchair, just gimping around and shit. Wow. But he chased him across country. country yeah. And just, hey, you heard about this guy? Have you seen this guy? Oh, yeah, yeah he's that way. Caught up to him in a fucking train yard. So, what was it about, um, 
like the introduction to that entire world. Was this something like was that that was part of when you were touring with the band? No, or was no. it like at what point someone was like, Hey John, I need to show you some shit. You're you're hitchhiking through the throughout the country, let me show you this. Like what what was the the catalyst for that? For uh, because for hitchhiking instead of being driving people's vehicles for them, yeah, these vehicles. Well, no, no, getting into the whole like hippie life to where you're. Well, you, I always you, always dug music from the sixties and seventies, and always really liked uh, summer '69. And I don't mean the song; I mean the actual summer of nineteen sixty-nine. You got "Man Landed on the Moon," you got "The Summer of Love," you got. Uh, oh, it's the uh, uh, Woodstock, Woodstock, Woodstock '69. Yeah, all that summer shit. of love in uh, in New York. Yeah, so so great yeah. documentaries, by the way. If you haven't watched those. And, Very and, well done. And I, I've met Wavy Gravy. I met that cat. He's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patch Adams. You've heard about Patch Adams? They made a movie about him. In a, uh, oh, I know the Robin Williams one. Yeah. Yeah, that guy started Calm in the Rainbow Gatherings, and Calm is what we call first aid. Because what do you oh. do when you get hurt? Stay calm. All right. So there are registered nurses and doctors will come out to gatherings, uh, EMTs, and they'll set up their camp somewhere near Calm, mm-hmm. and then they'll they'll do shifts there. Wow. But uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a neat fucking lifestyle. But I keep saying all these shiny nice things about it, and it t- tends to get people being like, "Oh, that's like it, it's very romantic in the classical yeah, so, sense." Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, but then there, there's just being harassed by random people, being like playing guitar on a street corner and someone driving by and going like, "Get a job!" And I w- I'd always be like, "What a dog? Yeah, a dog. I got a dog. No, a job. A dog. Yeah, he's right there. He's a dog. I got one. Thank you." You know, and they're like, you know, just, just fuck with them. You know, it's more fun uh, uh, than being like, hey, fuck you. And then getting shot in the face. Well, no shit. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had cops escort me to county lines before. Uh, say, don't come back just because I was a hitchhiking hippie. Uh, me and my buddy Scrappy were in Texas. We were at a off ramp in the middle of nowhere, West Texas, out by Abilene. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just nothing of this exit. And we're hitchhiking from it. And this car pulls up a, a, a trooper or a sheriff or whatever. I think it was a sheriff. He goes, hey, not allowed to hitchhike here. Like, that's cool, man. We'll just start walking west. That's the way we're going. He's like, hey, can't walk on the highway here. I guess we fucking live here now, dude. Like, what do you want us to do? No shit. Like, not allowed to walk. So we walked away from the highway. He drove off and we walked right back up. And I'm pretty sure he was a sheriff. And then, like, 20 minutes later, a state trooper comes rolling up. He's like, "Uh, hey, fellas, I don't think you're going to get a ride out of here. There's, There's nothing here. We're like, yeah, we figured that. And he's like, well, uh, there's a truck stop about 10 miles that way. You fellas want to ride? We're like, fuck yeah. He's like, all right. Now, in order for me to give you a ride and you to get in my car, I have to pat you down and make sure you don't have any weapons. But this isn't a final deal. If you don't want to ride, that's fine. You guys don't have to take He was giving us an out. Like you can keep your weapons. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we were like, hey, dude, we don't have any weapons or drugs on us. We're cool. And he went through it. We're good. And he reached out my buddy's pocket and pulled out his pocket knife. He's like, in Texas, a knife this size, which wasn't even that big. It was a little knife. He's like, but wherever it's out of sight, mm-hmm. wherever I can't see it at all, it's considered a concealed weapon. So it's a good thing for you. And, and wherever you can easily reach it. That was right. another big thing. And he's like, so it's a good thing for you. I found it over here. And he unzipped his backpack. He's like, in your backpack. Slipped it in there and zipped it up. So super cool cop gave us a ride, gave us each a $5 bill at the truck stop, said, have a good day. And that just told, shows you the two sides of the coin. You know, a lot of the hippies are all about a cab. You know, all cops are bad. All cops are bastards. Right. ACAB. And I'm like, dude, cops are fucking people, man. Yeah. A lot of them are dicks because whenever you got power in a gun, 
turns you into kind of a dick. Yeah, these are the dudes that were bullied in high school, and now they got a little power, got a little and they can't feel themselves pissing, and they're like, yeah. Or they were bullies in high school, and they just yeah. want to keep doing that, and exactly. they can't do it, you know, work in construction. All those dudes will kick their ass now as adults, and so now they're like, oh, fucking just be a cop. Get a gun, and shoot first, and all that shit. Uh, I was almost killed when I was 17 years old because the cops thought I was two escaped convicts. Because you were, they, he thought you were an escaped convict? They did. There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Thought I was Because you looked like one. No. Uh, I I was 17 years old, and I grew up in Alaska. And my buddy was in Chicago, and I graduated high school at 17, and he was in Chicago. And he's like, hey, man, I got a job down here. It's working sheet metal construction. They travel us all around the country. You like travel. Always talking about it. Come on down. Mm-hmm. So I went down to do that and went to the shop on the first day of work when we were supposed to go traveling across the country. And the, the owner was like, oh, no, Chad said wrong to you. You're not going to go on the road with us right off the bat because you don't know shit about shit about sheet metal. So mm-hmm. the first two weeks, you're here in the fabrication shop learning how to do it, and we're all going to go on the road, which was fine for me because I'm like, I just got the new freedom. Out of mom and dad's house, new place. It was the upstairs of an upstairs, downstairs duplex, middle of a cornfield too, old farmhouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, so cool that that day at lunch, like all the dudes went off on the on their travels and shit, and then I'm sitting at lunch, and we're watching the news, and there's news about two escaped convicts. And they're like 50 miles west, and they just had to shoot out with the cops and killed a cop. Cop, dead now. And they're still on the loose. So everyone's like, ah, better lock your doors and windows. Ha, ha, ha. It's 50 miles away. And then uh, did the rest of the day, went home that night, and I'm alone in this fucking house. And I'm watching the news, and it's like they just had another shootout at the Flying J truck stop at exit 15. And that was like a mile from my house. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm going to lock the door. I went up and I locked, like the doorknob was locked, but I locked the deadbolt and that saved my life because now a couple hours go by and I I can hear, I'm laying down to go to sleep in my boxers and wife beater, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just hear someone walking up the stairs outside. What the fuck is that? So I get out my cell phone. I start walking towards the front and I see two shadows go across my window and I'm like two shadows, two convicts. It's them. The doorknob goes jiggle, jiggle. Jiggle, jiggle. And it sounds like someone's picking the lock, and then the lock on the knob pops out, doorknob turns, shoulder hits the door. Mm-hmm. But the deadbolt can't get in. Two shadows walk back across and begin to walk down the stairs. It's at that moment back that I remembered I was 17 years old and invincible. You know? So <laughs> You remembered. So, good moments. <laughs> yeah, because I was petrified with my cell phone in the dark hallway for a moment, staring at the door. But once they were walking away, my balls started... <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I walk up to the door, I undo the deadbolt, I throw it open, and my plan was to be like, scare him away. And I, I, I'm like, huh, and I barely got the huh out of my mouth, and the two cops that were on the stairs whip around pistols drawn, the four cops at the bottom of the stairs raise their weapons, one of them, a shotgun, and my cell phone goes flying off the deck, and my hands are just, hey, you know, get down here, get down here, and I'm walking down, and my dick falls out of the, the boxers, you know, <laughs> but I wasn't about to get shot for reaching for my junk, so I'm just like, hey, fellas, and uh, it was about that time, the neighbor, the my downstairs neighbor, she walks around the corner of the house, and she goes, oh, I'm sorry, he lives there, she saw the same news story I saw about the convicts, freaked her out, and she thought I was supposed to be on the road, mm-hmm. which was true, yeah. but plans changed, and she didn't know, so she heard my footsteps upstairs, called the cops, said, hey, I know the two guys that live there. They're both on the road doing sheet metal construction right now. So either A, there's burglars in there, mm-hmm. or B, it's your convicts. Here's the spare key to the doorknob, which is how they picked the lock. Oh, shit. And so had they busted in uh, when they tried, they would have seen me in a dark hallway with 
100% believability that no one should be in that building. Right. I've got a dark object in my hand, and it was two scrawny white dudes that broke out of jail. So I fit the description. And, yeah, there's no way I wouldn't have been shot. Like, that lock in that deadbolt saved my life. Guaranteed. 17 years old. 40 years Fuck, old now. man. I got goosebumps. <laughs> 23 years on borrowed time, this guy. <laughs> He's still standing. Somehow. Well, that brings me to my f- favorite story. Is, See, yeah, let me say this. So, but, it, oh, yeah. It, I'm, I'm kind of just chewing it up over here. No, no, no. Look, the, this is my favorite kind of podcast. When I don't have to say shit, you just, you just ramble on and on and on and on. This is captivating, man. And I'm, I'm telling you. If you if you told those stories somewhere, on stage, on an audio book, some shit, you never know, man. Because this is this is gold. This is just I, a few there's got to be there's got to be a good representation of everything you're telling me. There's got to be. If there's not, you know what I would that's like to what, do. That, that's what you should you should fill that void. You know what I would like to do. What I, the, what the the one don't start a podcast. <laughs> the one project I would like to do with my stories is if I could find someone that's a decent animator that can make a little cartoon of my stories. There you go. I would I would do all the voices, and but I would just be like me telling you the story, and then the cartoon going along with it yeah, would be yeah, what yeah. you're actually watching. That'd be dope. I think I'd that would be that. really dope. I would love to do that. So, yeah. hey, if anyone out there wants to reach out, you can do that kind of shit for free. For free until yeah, for we make free. money. It's a hippie we're talking about here. Yeah, he yeah, no but I, he's a comedian too. So and he's gay, so he got no money. But <laughs> but, but if I end up making any money, split the profits fifty fifty. Yeah, no, but know? I mean, look, it, is there something out there like that at all? Uh, I've seen it here and there uh, where, like, someone did that for a Bill Burr bit, the helicopter bit, where the, the guy kills himself. You ever heard of that that bit? Mm-mm. Oh no, not no, not as a bit. I'm talking about like. As a as but a piece of work, it's a story. It's like, a, either like oh, a memoir, a memoir, or a, a book, or a TV show, or a documentary. It's like, yo, this is the life of a hippie on the road, and here's some stories about it. Like he's a series or something. I, I don't believe so. I think that'd be dope. I'd write the fuck out of a out of like an AMC series about hippies. You know, Look, Netflix is buying everything that yeah, comes out true. of everybody's head. So. There's documentaries about all kinds of shit. It's 20 minutes long. Like, hey, here's, you don't know about CDs and MP3s? Here's a documentary. You want to know about how this cake is made? Is this cake or not is a show. (laughs) That's how low it is. There there was one show on Netflix that was like, people would do themselves in this really, really elaborate makeup. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, because, you know, that way it's not about beautiful people. But they only, like, everyone would be like, Tell their jobs. It was done like a reality show, you know. So every episode, there'd be like three dudes and one girl, and she would, okay, you're out, or no, four dudes and one girl. Okay, you're out in the next round. Okay, you're out in the next round. Okay, I pick someone, but yeah. all in like a thirty minute episode. Some beast, wild beast. I don't know, it, but it was awful because all of them were like, you know, my job and my day job was a model or actress or actor. Like they were all attractive, hot people. Oh, it's um. Ah, fuck. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder kind of a thing. No, it's like they, they, they're all hot, but they can't fuck and they can't kiss. Is it that one? No, no, no. There's no, one no. like that. No, no. This, this is. I'm this, saying the bar's pretty low, so I think your stories oh, have way more value than this kind of fucking show. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was bad. There, but the, the there's one glimmer of hope in it where there is, it was one of the one girl and three dude episodes. And you know that no matter what, the person wants to win. No matter if they don't even like the person, sure. they want to win. All the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, this lady was just like, yeah, so a lot of my friends think of me as crazy. 
And this guy goes, um, I'm sorry, what? She's like, yeah, they all just say I'm just so crazy. He's like, why would they say that? And he just got dead serious. And he was just like, you could tell he was not into the shit at all. He was like, this bitch is crazy. And then uh, it flashed to the next, to the, to the end of it. And it was like, all right, I'm sorry, but I didn't feel anything with you. You're out. And it was, uh, oh, it was, uh, she was telling him like the whole long drawn out. I like my date with you, but it was like this, like that. And then your, my date with you was like this, like that. You know, they do that with everyone before they reveal who they're going to kick out. Mm-hmm. And the guy sitting next to the guy that like this guy wanted out the guy next to him. She's talking to him like, and you really let me down on the date. And you can see the guy going, Oh, <laughs> like, fuck, she's got to kick this asshole out. I'm going to have to stick around for another round. But she ended up kicking the guy out and he literally jumped up like, yes, ah, no offense, but you're just, you're not right. You know, it's just, I mean, every, he, he every, smelled every, crazy every, and he ran, and I admire the fuck out of him for it. <laughs> so few straights can do that. Were you were you uh, in a relationship the whole time when you were a hippie? Yeah. Oh, here's where it gets fun. Uh, no, I only had one uh, relationship where I was a hippie with a girl named Boy. With a girl named Boy. With a girl named Boy. And she turned you gay? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Her dick did. Nah, uh, she, she was, uh, masculine, but super skinny. She was like 110 pounds soaking wet, so she, but she had like almost no tits, right, you know? And, uh, ass maybe she was a bit, uh, what ass maybe it was a decent ass, but it was just, uh, in the, you know, realm of being in the closet at the time and just not one. My whole thing was, I didn't want to be treated different if someone found out I was gay. Right. But you would think that. Hippies would be way more accepting. They are, and, way and they more. would have been. But it was just in my head about it, and I've been behind it for so long. At that point, it was just like, who gives a shit? Who, you know, what does it matter? And so you I, faked it. With well, that, I mean, boy, <laughs> that is where I'm a, a little bit pansexual. I'm gonna say I'm not a woman hater, but I don't like most women. Uh, and it isn't I, even a gay thing. It's just same that, here. like, it, <laughs> I'm kidding. Wherever, like, I, if, if I see a a, a woman. On the street, right? Uh-huh. Or in a restaurant somewhere, just somewhere hanging out at a bar. And I happen to look over and I see her shoes. And I'm not a super big style gay, but if I, I'm like, those are, those look good. Sure. Those are really pretty shoes. And so I look at her, I'm like, hey, those are really nice shoes. I get, oh. It's like, bitch, I'm not trying to fuck. I'm trying to be a nice guy. And women have treated me like that my whole fucking life. Like Wait, I, because you you try to compliment them and they look at you and they go, or just have a conversation and they're like, oh, they just immediately assume that the guy wants to fuck. And well, I understand it's a, it's that's a fair a, assumption. It is. I a understand fair it's assumption. a fair assumption, but it's like if you got robbed by an Albanian once, and then like another, or or you went to Albania and got robbed twice, and then you meet an Albanian in America, and you're like, no, this guy's gonna rob me. Well, yeah, that's fucked up. But but that's it's how your, it's out of your control. There's nothing. It, it is out of my control. But it's it. But whenever that happens, you can't blame me for being like I just don't have a lot of patience for for most women. Oh, so you switched? No, I, I I've always been attracted to guys, but it was always more of a okay. Like if if you were to go to jail for five years, you probably wouldn't go gay. If you went to jail for ten years, there's a really good chance you probably wouldn't go gay. But if you went to jail for like twenty twenty five years, mm-hmm. you might not be taking it in the ass, but you might be willing to stick your dick in places, right? Okay, that's kind of how it was growing up in a red state being gay. And and all my friends are dropping faggots. Oh, that look at that faggot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but that guy eats ass. What a faggot, you know, uh, or shit like that. You're just like, oh, I'm just not going to say anything about it. But you're also not getting laid because you're not fucking men. You know, so you're like, it, yeah. might as well fuck a woman. 
So I equate being raised in a Republican state and a very red religious people mm-hmm. to being in jail. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to get laid. I'm going to fuck. I'm 13, 14, 15. I got hormones of blasting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm throwing it somewhere. And, you know, so I had a lot of, uh, I got laid a lot. No offense, ladies, but y'all, y'all are fucking easy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, boy, the thing about boy is whenever I first started talking to her, it was just like, a, like I was talking to a person. I didn't treat her any differently because she was a woman and she didn't treat me any differently because I was a creepy looking guy. Uh-huh. And we were sitting around a, a Nick at night camp at the Allegheny regional gathering in uh, Pennsylvania beautiful gathering just forest floor covered in ferns is gorgeous mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um we were roasting people and making jokes and she was the only person that could keep up with me and actually still be funny on like the third throwback mm-hmm. you know and so uh someone was like why don't you two fuck and so we started making fun of that and then the end of the night comes around and she's showing up with just a just a hammock she was going to string the hammock up between a couple of trees and be cool. And I had a tent. And so at the end of the night, it's just me and her across from each other at the fire. And this is one of only two movie star moments I've had in my life. Uh, I stood up, said, well, I'm going to bed. I took two steps, turned around, looked at her like she was an idiot. And I was like, you coming or what? <laughs> and she was like, she stood up and we went. I guess. And the best part is we just, it started raining, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, so she needed a place anyway, so we didn't fuck for like uh, a week. But everyone was assuming we were having sex, so we were making fun of each other for how bad we were at sex, even though we hadn't had sex. She was like, his dick's so small, I could I could floss my teeth with it. I'm like, oh yeah, well, you know, we're holding the gathering inside her pussy right now. That's where we are. So y'all were just faking it the whole time? For a week. And then after that, we started fucking. Okay. But uh, And then we had a really good relationship, uh, sexual and uh, otherwise. And uh, then we just started, you know, I guess got tired of it, grew apart. You know, she wanted to go this way, I wanted to go that way, so went went her separate ways. She ended up having a kid. She told me she could not have children, so we had unprotected sex every time. Hey, you're hippies. Yeah, but... (laughs) Do hippies believe in condoms? I don't know. I mean, but I I didn't want kids, and uh, she ended up having sex with a guy that she said, I can't have kids, and had a kid with him, and he's like, well... I, I told you I didn't want kids. I'm I'm gone. It's not a fuck you. It's not a fuck the kid. It's just a, I don't want children. You told me it was impossible for you to have children. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I would have been wearing a condom. You know, so that's on you. So what was, what was the turning point then to where you're like, well, I guess you come. If you don't want to share it, that's fine. No, no, I'm an open book. Uh, and these are good questions to get out, you know. Um. So whenever, uh, I would say where I got off the Hitchhiking Hippie Trail and was back up in Alaska, uh, I didn't give a shit. I didn't care if you, but I wasn't going to talk about it. I was like, it, whose business, what business is it of yours who I'm fucking kind of a deal? Sure. So I wouldn't talk about sex around my friends and I wouldn't. But you're getting laid anyway? Yeah, but all off of Craigslist at the time, which was the with only. Dudes. With dudes. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, I moved to Seattle and started doing stand up. And uh, didn't have any gay material or anything. But that's what got me to actually start talking and being open about it was I'd written a joke where I was like, you, know, you, you people here in Olympia, Washington, which is where I was at at the time, it was very, very, very left, mm-hmm. hyper left wing. 
And uh, I was like, everyone always wants to ask me, you know, hey, you're gay, like how, but how do you identify? And I guess incoghomo, motherfucker. Flying under your gaydar. Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, identify. I identify as incoghomo. And I, anyway, I wrote that joke, and I was like, maybe not even a year into comedy. And it's not a great joke, but for being a year in, it was really good. Uh-huh. And so I started doing that. People were like, oh, man, you're gay. I had no idea you were gay. I've never seen you do anything gay. And then I was like, oh, man, I could make a joke out of that. So you came out on stage? Yeah. Yeah, literally. Uh, at uh, Vomity, uh, it's at Lavoyer is a uh, bar in Olympia, Washington. And how long ago you were talking? 2015. Oh, that's recent. I mean, seven? fairly fairly recent. Seven years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah uh, right about no, uh, maybe it was 2016. But yeah, 2015 winter of 2015, 16, something like that. And then I, but I still didn't want to tell my my family. I didn't. It's a weird yeah, conversation. Like, what's your family and all this? <laughs> a lot of people don't talk to their parents about sex, so I just think it's a weird thing to bring up and throw at someone. No, we don't. But uh, I decided next time I see mom in person, mm-hmm. I'll tell her about it. You know, and that was whenever after I'd done the thing on stage, and then uh, uh, I I didn't go visit mom for years, and uh, she ended up coming across one of my stand up sets on YouTube. And I'm on there talking about glory holes and oh shit, being That's, a fucking oh, bottom. Oh, poor mom! And she she uh, texted me at like one in the morning when she found it, and she was like, "My Johnny." Want, she's like, "I just watched a video of you on YouTube. Uh, can you call me tomorrow?" I'm like, "Fuck, yeah." Did you post it or someone else did? No, I posted it. No, that was your I posted shit. Okay. it. But she's not. I would like. I would not imagine she would go to YouTube and type in. My name, you know. I haven't talked to you in years. Well, no, I, I talk to her every week. Yeah, but I mean, back then, if you hadn't seen her in a while, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I wonder what my John's about. This YouTube thing looks I mean, like. I've, I've only seen her once since then, but she lives in Georgia. Okay. So it's oof, it's even worse than Texas, in my opinion. <laughs> but I'm going in a couple of days. <laughs> oof. You going to Atlanta? Yeah, I, go, I got family in Atlanta, yeah. Oh, okay, my mom lives in Sonoya. I don't know where that is. It's where they film The Walking Dead. It's a, it's a thing. I I don't know, but what? like my mom hated the fact I was a hitchhiking hippie. She was always afraid I was going to wind up dead in a ditch. Well, no shit, man. But I mean, whenever you're hitchhiking around, a lot of people have asked me like, "Are aren't you afraid?" And I always tell them it's a lot like when you go hiking, and what people tell you about bears, they're more afraid of you than you are of them. And that's how it is hitchhiking. Because say you pick me up hitchhiking, I don't know if you're a psychopath, but on the same card. You don't know no, if, if I'm, I'm a psychopath. psychopath. Yeah. So it's like someone pulls out a knife. It's like, oh man, I was I was gonna murder you. Oh goddamn, you got sorry. Too quick. No, but I always wonder what what is it about. So when you're hitchhiking, like you're going somewhere. It's not like you're not wandering around the country aimlessly. Some people do. Some people do. Some people just go there to throw them out. Hey, oh, yeah, I want to go to Idaho today. But right. I I would always have a destination of some sort. And and plan. Sometimes it was it was just like. I haven't been to the Redwoods in eight months. I'd love to go back to the Redwoods again. And mm-hmm. I'd go and I'd live in a Redwood tree for a while. Mm-hmm. But not like in it, like in the base of it. Like right. it was hollowed out and shit and just me and a bunch of termites and a, and a roach and a frog, you know. Oh, good times. Just, this just is exactly out. what I picture. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, but so if it's like, okay, hey, there's another Rainbow Gathering in Montana. All right, cool. Then it will take me, what, three days to get there because I'm in Arizona right now. Then yes, this is where I'm going. And there's different stages of a gathering. So say if there's going to be a gathering in Montana, 
uh, the first of October, right? So we're right. in September now. Uh, it would be what we call seed camp in about a week. And that's whenever you plant a seed and then a gathering grows. So people would go out there a couple weeks before the gathering starts and they would clear brush for parking area. They would uh, cut trails, uh, build bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, and about a week and a half, maybe a week before the kitchens will start showing up and they'll build their ovens, mud ovens, you know, uh, different bliss pits, they call them, uh, fire pits. Uh, there's a whole vernacular, by the way. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. She's going to really love this episode when I send it to her. But it, it, this is still a thing. Like, has it changed much, do you think? I mean, it changes like time changes, man. Like, it still happens. But all the people that I used to do it with, most of them are like, uh, oh, man, it's different, man. No, of course. All I mean, these guys everything, are stupid. All these kids. Yeah, and their music and shit. And they listen to Diplo or whatever. It's like, well, what's a Diplo? <laughs> And uh so it's the next generation, like, oh man, back in my days, you know, my rainbow gathering we didn't we right. didn't change underwear for a week. I rolled a cigarette for a kid and he told me it was bussing. I'm like, what? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? You should have put a vape. I'm like, how dare you bring a vape? I'll, I'll stab a vape, my <laughs> No, I'm sitting here vaping, but this is my indoor thing. It doesn't stink like yeah, a cigarette, yeah. so most people are cool with it. No, I'm saying if you like there's a culture and it's like, yeah, over time it's you know, it's gonna change and evolve, but I wonder what is, if it's happening, one, as much, and two, yeah, there's going to be some OGs that are like, hey, you know, this yeah. is not what it used to be. There's a couple annual gatherings, like Ocala, uh, the Carbondale one I was talking about, and uh, a 420 gathering in Arizona. Those, those happen every year at around the same time. Uh, there's a national gathering every year uh, from the 1st to 7th of July, Pinnacles on the 4th, uh, and it's... Uh, Held in a different place every year, different national forest. The one I went to was at the Buffalo River National Forest in Arkansas. First time I've ever ever been to jail. I was there? Yeah, I, I went into town with five girls to make money. Uh, you make money? You were pimping them, or that's exactly what they thought in jail. Uh, I, that's the first. I mean, if you say if you give me that ratio, that's the first thing that comes to mind, man. So we were gonna fly signs, you know, uh, have signs that said stuff on them to make money. And we decided to all stick together and have a bunch of funny signs. So we had bet you a dollar, you can't hit me with a quarter. You know, honestly, uh, ninjas killed my family, need money for kung fu lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, bet you a dollar, you read my sign. You know, need fuel for private jet, stupid shit. And uh, we got we made some money, and we're got, we're walking to the Walmart to spend it. And uh, cops rolled up, and like everyone's going to jail. Solicitation. Solicit- That's solicitation. Soliciting for money. Oh, because you have the signs funny. up that say no soliciting. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were asking for money in public, which isn't allowed. And at the time, I had a mohawk shaved in, like about yay uh-huh. tall. I look like an idiot, but I lost a bet, and I'm a man of my word. So I shaved it. And uh, so I get put in jail uh, with a mohawk. And from the dude's cell, they could see me getting booked with the women. And then they took the girls down to the women's cell, and they put me in the dude's cell. And have you ever seen the movie uh, Green Mile? No. I mean, I know what it is. Do you know the actor Michael Clark Duncan? Yeah, of course, yeah. Great actor. Sad, sad, rip. Uh Uh, There was a dude in my cell that looked just like Michael Clark Duncan, except not gentle. Uh Like, he had a neck tattoo and shit. And as soon as I walked in to the the cell, he stands up and walks right over to the, Hey, you get arrested with them girls? I was like, yeah, man. He's like, what they arrest you for? I was like, I don't know. One of the cops said something about solicitation. He goes, Oh shit, you was a pimp. I was like, Psh, 
It ain't easy, bro. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you knew. That shit ain't easy. Everyone in the cell is laughing. And then it died down. I'm like, all right, guys, this is what really happened. Because I'm not going to stay in here yeah, for I, I don't I was, know how long. I was making funny signs. That was it. And so I was in jail for three days. Uh, never saw a judge, jury, lawyer. Was never read my Miranda rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, and I was there for seed camp for the national gathering. So this was a couple weeks before the gathering started. So whenever they, the whole point was to let us out. So we'd go back to the gathering and tell people not to go there. I was in there with a guy I named, named him peaches. You named a baby? No, no, no. A hippie. Hippies oh. typically have hippie names, nicknames. And I named him peaches cause he was in there for stealing a peach. He'd walked into a, oh. He'd walked I into maybe a, his butt was peachy. No, nah, <laughs> no, no. He walked into a store and he picked up a peach and he ate it and he saved the pit and he bought like f- five or six other sundry items. Went up to the front and said, "Hey, I want to buy all this stuff." And I, I ate a peach. And they're like, "We sell peaches by weight. That's theft." Put him in jail for ten days. Damn. So I called him Peaches. I was the rice man, by the way. Makes sense. The rice man. The rice. Man. There are many rice men, but I was the rice man. So did you did you do comedy during the at, at the rainbow? As a Nick at Nighter, yeah. But I mean, was, besides that whole spiel, but this is this besides like, that when, when you actively like, okay, now I'm a comic. No, no, I didn't actually start stand up until I tried it in Alaska a couple of times and I liked it. So I was like, I want to do this. So I moved to Seattle to pursue. Yeah. But before that, it was just a pipe dream. Maybe someday, one day. Yeah. I mean, whenever I was a tour bus driving to the tour bus for the, for the band, I got on stage one time. There was a band on stage. They'd finished their set. They were loading all their shit off all. Our band was loading shit on, and before they had started, they were like, hey, you should get up in between and tell jokes while we're moving shit around so there's no real dead in the show, mm-hmm. you know, because you're funny, you know, and I was like, oh, I'll try it. It was my first time ever on stage, and it was like a veterans biker bar, and I got oh, on yeah, stage. That's, that's welcoming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was cool. I was just like, I made a couple of off comments about the the local area, and I got a couple of chuckles, and there was a, a young lady there with a bunch of people, and they were being real rocks. I'm like, what's going on there? She's like, it's my 21st birthday. I'm like, fuck yeah, you're here to party. She's like, yeah, with my friends, my friends, and my dad. I'm like, that's your dad? And he's like, she's like, yeah. I'm like, hey, dad, good genes, bro. You know, uh, and everyone laughed, and he, he laughed and thumbs up me and shit, and then I was like, you know, the other day, I was, uh, I was hanging out with my buddy uh, at the gas station. This car comes up, and I had a bumper sticker on it that said, proud to be an American. My buddy goes, Man, that's an American phrase right there. That's a real American phrase. Proud to be an American. I'm like, no, that's a phrase. You can be proud to be anything. You want to hear an American phrase? I'm not hungry, but I could eat. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good one. And as soon as I said that on stage, the lights on stage got cut, the mic got cut, and I got rushed by like four bikers wanting to beat my ass for talking shit about America. What, America? This was 2005 or six. so 9-11 wasn't too far in the past, so there's still a lot of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. America, fuck yeah! But um, yeah, man, I really want to see something. Not, not, not the pressure's on, man. I really do. What? So something where you tell these stories? I like, I, I, oh, when, when when my I send this to my producer and he looks at my audio track, there's gonna be five minutes of me talking. Everything else is you. <laughs> so <laughs> where where are we at right now? Uh, now uh, now fifteen. Oh yeah, we're burning it, burning it on. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm sure there's a whole lot more. Would you care to hear one more? Sure. And this is I, and, and, by, and by the way, I got stories too. Where I'm like, I can't. I, I I'm not trying to one up you or whatever. But this this is gold right here. Uh, appreciate you. But um, 
My favorite story is the because I told the closest I think I ever got to being killed was the the two cops right, right, keeping right. my door. The second closest I ever came, I was hitchhiking in uh, Tucson, Arizona, alone, and uh, I was trying to get from Tucson down to the border a town called Bisbee, Arizona. There's that's a, where Doug Stanhope lives. Yep, there's a big arts community down there. Right. So there's a the hippie Buffalo Ranch down there. There's no buffalo, but they just call it the Buffalo Ranch, and that's uh-huh. where they have mushrooms and acid all the time and always welcoming to street kids. So I wanted to go there. And uh not the Doug's house? I didn't know who Doug Stanhope oh, was okay. at the time. <laughs> no, I'd seen a couple of Doug Stanhope bits, but I didn't know who he was. You could have said Doug Stanhope, but I wouldn't know. You could recite his bit and I'm like, oh I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. But uh and I don't know if he lived there at the time. But Anyway, I was, I was hitchhiking out of Tucson, and a dude pulls up and picks me up in a windowless van. Like, there's a lot of red flags in this story. I tell this, this is what, the only story that I actually tell on stage. Uh-huh, go ahead. But I'm not going to do it on stage. I'm going to tell the story. Um, he pulls up in a windowless van. Uh, he's like, hey, man, my name's Gypsy. Where are you going? And he's got, he got long string hair, bald and shit. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to Bisbee. He's like, man, hell yeah, I'll, I'll give you a ride. Hop on in. I got a 12-pack of beer, which is like free candy with the windowless van. Right. So I hop in with him. We get as far as Tombstone, Arizona, ironically. Right. And he goes, man, I'm tired. I'm so tired. It's, I've been driving all day. You mind if we just camp for the night? It was like 10 o'clock at night, so it was understandable. I'm like, sure. He's like, well, I just want to camp. So we, you mind if we just pull off into the desert? Sure. So we literally off the highway into the desert and just driving around, sagebrush, and up over a little hill and down to a little gully. And he's like, this looks good. And I'm like, yeah, it looks good. And he puts it in park, shuts it off. I get my guitar and my backpack, and I get out, set it outside the van. I hop back in. We roll down the windows, and now we're just smoking cigarettes, drinking beer, shooting the shit. And he's 20 years older than me. Mm-hmm. He used to be a hitchhiker. And he's like, I'm going to tell you my wisdom. I'm going to old wisdom of gypsy. And he lays down like a 30-minute spiel about how to hitchhike and all this shit. And I'm like, ah, okay, that's cool, dog, whatever. And then out of nowhere, he raises one hand. He starts shaking it. He goes, yeah, yeah, I've got to tell you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right now. God damn it. That is the correct response. Uh, it, it's just like I was raised Southern Baptist, right? And like that is not how you enter into that conversation. But being a hitchhiking hippie, I've always been down. I'm, uh, I'm atheist, but I'm always down to hear about people's religion. I am an amateur sociologist. I love people, the workings of people, how they sure, yeah, have society and create. I respect that. All that stuff. So I'm always down to hear about more. And uh, a different point of view. So he lays down about a 30-minute Jesus spiel. This and that and be cool and all that shit. And it's a basic one. It's not a, nothing about being a dick or nothing. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, he, he tries to wrap it up with one blanket phrase. He says, what I'm trying to say here, kid, is with Jesus, everybody's equal. Everybody. On this planet, that's what he wants. Men, women, white, black, Muslim, Jew, rich, poor. Everybody is equal. Except for the faggots. And, yeah, I wasn't going to tell him. I wasn't. Oh, I was about to say. I thought he sucked, he sucked your dick or something. No, no, no. <laughs> he had no idea I was gay. Uh, but you know, I, I wasn't gonna tell him I was gay, but I also wasn't gonna let it slide, right? So yeah. I was like, "Look, man, you can't say everyone is equal except for blank, because now not everyone's equal. It's a self contradictory statement, right?" And he's like, yeah, but Leviticus. I'm like, that, that, that Leviticus, number one, is Old Testament. That's not Jesus. That's what he followed. You're supposed to follow the New Testament. That's him. But moving past that, you're wearing tattoos on, on each of your arms, sleeves of them. I was like, you have clothes that are definitely polyester, made of more than one cloth. You know, you, you, you ever eaten shrimp or lobster? That's in Leviticus. Whenever I said, that's in Leviticus, he reached across the center console and boom, elbowed me right in the fucking head. 
like a good Christian, right? Everything goes wonky. I throw my hands up to defend myself. And he goes up under a seat and pulls out a machete. And it's got like duct tape wrapped all around the handle with finger imprints in it and shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's been used. Uh, whenever he's pulling that up, I just duck out the door, grab my guitar, grab my backpack, and I make a run for the sagebrush. Because it's a moonless night. It's pitch yeah. blackout. So I make it like 20 yards into the sagebrush and I hit the deck like all the way to the ground like I'm getting shot at. Because he hasn't seen me. He doesn't know which direction I went. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to chase me. I don't want him to throw that thing at me. So he comes around the side of the van. He's looking around. Then he starts yelling at the darkness and running the machete up and down the van for effect. And where'd you go, you queer loving motherfucker? Shing, shing. I've got somebody here, and he knows Leviticus too. Shing, shing. Horror story shit. Adrenaline's blasting. But I'm remembering Hitchhiker's Rule number one. Don't panic. Don't oh, ever yeah, panic. Sure. No matter what happens, don't panic. You say that like it's easy. There's a dude with a machete in the middle of a desert. Yeah, but I mean, in the moment. In the dark, at night. It's a life and death situation, and you just grab it by the horns. You make a quick decision. Fucking you know, grab by the fight balls. or flight. <laughs> uh, but eventually, he gets tired of yelling. He gets back in the van, and I heard the of another beer. Okay, safe to make a run for it. I get up, and I make a run for the highway, and I'm walking backwards down the highway, hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. For hours, it must be like two two thirty in the morning. For some dude in a little like Ford sedan pulls over to pick me up, saint of a human being, by the way. And uh, he pulls up, and I hear the doors click, unlock, and I open up the back door, throw my gear in. I'm like, "Hey man, mind if I hop in the front?" He's like, "No, I'll hop up front, man." Hop up front next to him, and I'm buckling in, and we start pulling away from the side of the road. He looks at me, he looks me up and down, and mind you, I was hugging the ground, so I'm covered head to toe in dirt. Mm-hmm. And I smell like an armpit, wrapped in an armpit, dipped in beer. And as we're pulling away from the side of the road, this dude does his shittiest mid-1990s Jim Carrey impression. And he's like, so uh, you're not going to murder me, are you? I was just like, what? No, I like your dick, though. <laughs> no, no, I was like, <laughs> my literal response was not unless you try to murder me first. Wow, man. And, and then uh, we had a good laugh, and I told him what just happened. He was like, oh, shit, that was a fucked up thing to say to you. I'm like, that's fine, dude. I'm alive. Bisbee, my good sir. I made it to Bisbee that, by that morning. I didn't tell mom that story for like two, three years after I was off the hitchhiking hippie no trail. Oh shit, man. I got... This is why I don't hitchhike. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody will pick my ass up, first of all. I mean, it's... It... And like, everybody's equal, but... Black folks, and next thing you know, I'm getting my head cut off. Oh yeah, no, there are there are still sundown towns. Well, I'm sure. I mean, uh, I, I always would. I had I had a friend who he hitchhiked from uh, from Paris to Greece, and he told me some of the shit he went through. I'm like, yeah, you could do that because you're you. Like, there's no way in hell. I mean, I'm going through. They say that about women too, but a lot of women uh, hitchhike. No, I mean, it, it, I'm not saying there's some there's some outliers out there, of course, right? Because first of all, every man would like to pick up. I mean, is she attractive? Oh yeah, but most women that do hitchhike travel with a dog. Yeah, most of them have a dog. Uh, Cindy Lauper, uh, she used to hitchhike with a dog back in the day in the early oh, 80s. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, but so it, it's just not a a lifestyle. Like it's you, not an it's, easy it's, life choice yeah, because you're already in danger 24 seven. Now you want to add that on top of that. Like you got no home. You go trainers going to pick you up in their, in their truck. You don't know their story. And then next thing you know, you end up in a ditch. 
like that, that's kind of like my argument to a lot of people that'll, that'll, that'll want to argue against white privilege or something like that uh-huh. is that I'm like, well, then take it away for a little bit. I was like, stop showering, dirty yourself up, look like a hobo and walk around a town for a day. And you're going to be treated. You're going to be treated like a third class citizen. Everyone's going to assume you're a criminal. Everyone's going to assume you're a drug addict. Police got to be looking at you again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And it's not living the life, but it's, it's looking through a window at something else and actually be able to see it over there now but rather I bet than just you, talking about it. But I bet you if Marcus did that, it'd still be worse than you. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. So and, and for it, me, it, all it, I had to do was take a shower there. and drive a Prius. Yeah. I haven't had the cops fuck with me in years. Exactly. But Marcus would have a hard time. No offense, Marcus. Yeah. You're out there, buddy. <laughs> if you're still alive, I don't know. A lot of the hippies are dead, Wow. Man. I, look, I am very, very impressed. <laughs> I feel like I haven't lived. So that was just my hitchhiking hippie days. That's not even my road trips or my driving the tour bus for the band or the... Hey, look, we'll, we'll do a part two. Delivering pizza in Alaska for a decade. That was fun. 68 below. It's the coldest temperature I've ever delivered pizza. Yeah, yeah you, you'll, you'll be back. You'll be back. <laughs> this, this is a to-be-continued kind of podcast. So I'm not I'm not worried. I'm sure you got plenty. You know it's going to be fucked up if someone listens to this podcast, listens to my idea, and then turns all of my stories into cartoons but doesn't tell me about it. Yeah, I come across on him. YouTube on acid one day. And I'm like, yeah. no, but you can claim him because this is you have proof. That oh this yeah, came yeah, out yeah. Before. This is uh, just what well, I don't know what what is today September something and twenty something. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> so this, this will be out next week. So I'll hopefully by then nobody starts the idea. So it'll be fine. Uh, holy shit! This that was dope. I had no idea. Well, no, no, I had some idea. Oh yeah, <laughs> crazy life. There's no way you can look like that and not have a crazy life. Yeah, a lot of people are always like, hey, you've had a stressful life. I'm like, eh, not stressful. Hitch, hitchhiking hippie and delivering pizza is pretty easy, but just oh, really yeah. interesting. A lot of cool shit. You know, and wherever you're delivering pizza in Alaska at 40 below zero, you don't roll down your windows when you're smoking a cigarette. And I think that's what did this, is that for like six, seven years, every winter, I'm just in a, in a car, just hot boxing a cigarette. Ah, what's going on, Charlie? You know, look, I told my girl at the time the same thing. I'm like, you have stories for days. Somebody needs to, somebody needs to hear them. Like, there's, there's no... You, you you can't you can't tell these stories how someone else write it. You know what I mean? It's like it, it, there's so the the level of detail that you get into. Oh yeah. It's like nobody else can do that. And and I really don't think. And correct me if I'm wrong. If you're out there, if you know somebody who lived that life, who wrote something or published something, I'd be curious to see how close it gets compared to the stuff you were just telling me. Uh. W- the thing that I, Eddie Joe Cotton read a or wrote a book called Hobo, and that's what really sparked me. Where I was, that was where I was driving with the the tour bus for the band, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the guys in the band was a hitchhiker. Had done that stuff before, and it was a train hopper and done that stuff before. And he was reading this book, and he got done with it, and he's like, "Hey, you want you want a book? Mm-hmm. We didn't have TVs, right? I'll take it." And it was that book, and it was very in depth, and it was always interesting stories about him hopping freight for the first time, getting taught how to do it, and you know, going place to place to place and having goals and going to gatherings and shit. And I was like, that sounds really fucking cool. I want to do that. And then I was like, oh, what the fuck's stopping me? And then this hippie lady with her bus came through. And I'm like, oh, I'll drive their bus to a rainbow gathering. And then San Luis Obispo got off the uh, California, got off the bus and into the van. And then did that until the Arkansas gathering got off the van in the Arkansas gathering. And then after that, just a whole bunch of hitch in there and you're there and everywhere. How, uh, do you think you've gone through every state at this point? Vermont and Hawaii is the last two. Oh, yeah, why? They can't yeah. hitchhike there, and the other one's just Vermont, bro. Why Vermont? Is that, what, the, what the fuck's in Vermont? Ben and Jerry's. 
Really? That's your that's, that's the only thing I can think of. That's like, true. I'm not like I want to go. No, and there are true hippies. Yeah, there are true hippies. There are true hippies. Like they were in the protest that uh, during the Black Lives Matter movement. Like they were out there in the streets. They got arrested and everything. Oh yeah, Ben yeah, and Jerry, like, they're all about it. Yes, I mean when when every company was like putting yeah Black Lives Matter on their website and on their Instagram, these fuckers were out in the streets and got arrested. So. You want to meet some OGs? Yeah, okay, go to Vermont. Exactly, people enjoy. that aren't about lip service. Yeah, yeah, right. That's something I hate about like Pride Month and shit like that. Like all these businesses, they don't give a fuck. All of a sudden, they got rainbow flags out. Oh, yeah. and it's like, oh, you don't give a shit. And uh, it's, it's it's clicks and it's virtue signaling. And I, I again, I, I I've said before that the biggest, probably one of the biggest reasons I, I take so long to come out is I didn't, didn't want to be treated any different. Mm-hmm. And there's been several times where, uh, in, in Seattle, not down here, but up in Seattle where there'd be like, uh, this one guy booked me at first show one time and I was like, yeah, man, I'll do it. And he's like, cool, man. I got a gay. I'm like, what? He's like, well, I, was, I, I got a black guy. I got a white guy. I got a gay guy. I got a lesbian. I got a trans. And I'm like, I'm not your fucking token gay. Don't book me because I'm fucking gay. That's but gay. I'm funny. Yeah. yeah. That's gay. <laughs> but because I'm funny, you dumb faggot. It's just, it's so frustrating up there. And they think that diversity should be done for the sake of diversity. I'm like, you do understand that you take all the comics in Seattle Mm -hmm. and there's like 15 gay ones and like, let's say 300 straight ones. Just, just ballpark it. Mm -hmm. If you just assume the averages are correct, there's going to be more funny straights than gays. Because there's only 15 to pick from. Yeah, there's, there's got to the be a numbers. few of them that are yeah. awful. And so whenever you book a show, there'd be shows, it'd be like September 15th, all gay show. Why? It's not pride. It's not a reason for it. What you're there. doing is you're booking three funny gay guys and four unfunny gay people. Or like two funny gay guys, a funny lesbian, and then four others that aren't funny at all. They're going to ruin your fucking show. You know, and they do it just for the sake of diversity. And it's so stupid. It's like if you say I won't book you because you're gay, or I won't book you because you're a woman, or because you're black, that's fucked up. But I'd rather hear that. But if that happens, can you imagine how quick that club or that venue would be shut down? Like they might do it under their tongue or behind a back, but there's no openly doing that. Uh, have you have you uh, encountered any of that here? Not because there, there, there are some shows. For there gay. are some shows that are just like, hey, this is LBGTQ alphabet. Show. There's one that was like uh, people that only identify as female or something like that or gay, mm. and I was at an open mic, and people were like, "Oh, you should go to that." I'm like, "I'm not gonna." Oh, it was I the hate room that. room one. Is, if no, that it was, was it. it was the girl one. It was it was all women, and every once in a while, like uh, I'm trying, trying to think who uh, who did it. But I, I was not, I'm never in for stuff like that. I don't like it. It, it it bothers the shit out of me. It's like whenever, uh, um, but it it is useful in some situations. Like whenever I was an Uber driver, for, and I was because I'm an Uber driver now, but I just deliver food, not people. Mm-hmm. But whenever I was doing people, say attractive woman would get in the in the car in the back, and I'd be like, "Hey, how's it going?" And they'd be like, "Yep." I'm like, "Hey, it's a nice day, isn't it?" You know, my boyfriend and I are going to go for a lunch later, and this is a great day for it. Really? That's so cool, you know, because me and my boyfriend, blah, 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 and now they just want to, you know, now they're talkative. Oh. You, you, and I didn't have a boyfriend, but I would just say I did to let their guard down. And now now I can be talked to. Now I'm a human being. Now I'm not trying oh. to be the creepy who were trying to fuck him on the way to fucking Pilates, you know? I had a story. I told this to uh, Morgan, or Linehole, Linehole, and... uh 
I was driving uh, the Austin ride share thing. And I did, I did lift too. And then I pick up like these four dudes. And one of them gets in the middle, like in the back seat, just get in the middle, like in between the driver's seat and the passenger seat. And he goes, are you family? I'm like, no, I'm not family. I don't know you. I've never met you. I'm just trying to drive you home. It's it's 2.30 in the morning. I don't know what you're <laughs> We're not family. Right. I didn't know what that meant. Were you in an Olive Garden parking lot? Because if you're there, you are family. <laughs> no, it was just on, it was, I, and I picked them up. It wasn't even on Fourth Street. I forgot where I picked them up, but they were just like they oh, came back. family. Okay, I no, get it now. You, They're you gay. Know that, yeah, they we are. I didn't know what family. that was. Yes, like, but I didn't know what they meant. So the entire time they were trying to ask me. The guy, one of them was really adamant, like, hey, are you family? And then they start telling stories. Oh, the night was crazy. We went to this place, that place. Oh, yeah. Well, you're family, right? And by the time I by the time I dropped them off, I'm like, all right, guys, what the fuck is family? Because I have a family. I don't need two. <laughs> and he said, are you gay? I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah, that's what family is. I'm like, no, we're not family. I, I told you all from the beginning, we're not family. And then you looked at him, you're like, so why are you gay? <laughs> yes. I love that fucking clip. That shit makes me laugh every time. Oh, yeah. What are you gay? Are you gay? What are you gay? But uh, I've gotten um, some people, like, uh, I've been asked, like, are you a practicing gay? You know, like, do you practice gaydom kind of a thing? Right. Oh, yeah. I, and I've tried. You suck dick once a week. Oh, dude, I get so, I, I get a lot of jokes from my stand up from just questions, which is why I'm uh, starting a new segment. Uh, in my stand-up from now on, uh, where I'm doing an actual show, I'm going to try and set aside five minutes for an LGBT Q&A. Yeah, so you ask a question, I'll answer it. All right. Anything you want to know about gay uh, from the stage, people ask me, like, hey, it's like this, you know. And, and I've got a lot of jokes written for questions that have happened to me already, mm-hmm. so I can have that in my pocket make it look like I just thought of it on the moment. Or they could ask me a question I haven't asked before, and I think it's something super funny with it. Oh, I, th- I mean, the country where I'm from, I'm from Senegal, West Africa. Oh, yeah. And there is, you know, 90, 98% Muslim and like they actually um, have bonfires for gays. No, not on that <laughs> level. Just, just jail. Just jail. Okay. Yeah. And then the, because there's some hardcore, like some of the like religious leaders over there are like, oh, the, the law against gays not doesn't go far enough. They should be jailed for 10 years if they come out. And then they would protest on the streets like. If you're gay, yeah, be gay, but do it in private. Like, don't don't do that on the street. Don't do that in public. Don't do none of that shit because you get ten years in ten years. And so, well, I'm on board with the no PDA. I don't like seeing people make out gay eh, or straight. You know what? I, like, I'm 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 past that. The 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 struggle I had that was was not really a struggle. Is that try to explain that to your family because I live here, they live there, right? And so I talk to my cousins, and they're all younger than me. And and they this oh yeah I'm so gay guy fucking throw rocks and shit I'm like wait what and I try to rationalize what what that means and I was like so I mean forget the gay part like if I told you you couldn't you, somebody you love was in a hospital but you can't go see him because of who you are would you be pissed off like yeah well there you go. Oh, like, oh, yeah. that's, that's kind of fucked up. I was never <laughs> explaining it in such simple terms. I'm like, yeah, because you're here. Because you live, this is your environment. But where I live, you know, they walk amongst us. 
And Senegal is mostly French speaking, right? Yeah, the, the national language is still French. Yeah. yeah. Well, but col- it's, it's colonial most- motherfuckers. Yeah, that's Damn, the eighteen sixties. Don't get me started on the French. Shit. Uh, but do you do you go out in Austin? Go to Fourth Street or any of that stuff? Or so do you? I'm not big on on gay bars just because uh, I am a bottom, right? But I sound like this, so people assume I'm a top. So that's yeah. a good way to end up back at the house with another fucking bottom if you don't talk about it in the bar. And you're just like, oh, you're sexy. I want to fuck. And I'm like, oh, I'm sexy. I want to fuck. And then we go to fuck. And then it's like, why aren't you putting on a condom? Why, why aren't you putting on a condom? Wait, we're, oh, man. Let's trade places. You know, and I, have, I have a bit about that uh, that I do on stage where I'm like, yeah, we just paper, rock, scissors, see yeah. who has the top. You ever going to choose gays? Choose gays. At uh, Barbarella? No, nah, no, nah, that's another bar, right? Yeah, oh. so it's around the corner from the creek. It's yeah, right yeah, there yeah. On, on Red River. Like between Swan Dive and no, you know what I Barbarella? do. You know what I do? What? Sniffies. Hell, sniffies. It is a grinder on steroids. You put a one mile, one mile radius, and you just keep swiping right. No, it's not a swipe. It's um a map. It's a map, and it's got everyone around you, and it's got their profile picture. Now on Grinder, the profile picture is just it's a grid pattern with. Profile, 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 and you, you know, whatever you like and shit. And you pick them out and you send a message. That's Grinder, mm-hmm. But it's got to be a face pick, a chest pick, not sexual. Mm-hmm. On Sniffies, it's what you're offering. So it's dicks, it's assholes, some in tight little underwears, some spreading their butt cheeks. It's an app. It is an app. Yes, sir. You can't it get it from approved. the app store. Yeah, I was about to say, there's you no way to, Apple will approve this shit. You have to download it directly from the website. And... uh Sniffies. Sniffies. Lower right, right there. Sniffies. And I'm going to let, me see the, let me see the logo. Hold on. Let me just. Uh, well, I don't want to see a bunch of assholes in no, this. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, shit, I keep. Hey, look, look, look around Flugerville. There you go. There's the Sniffies. It's the. Looks like a couple people laying down, kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, now, just for Schnitz and Grubers, I will turn it on. I'm not going to like yeah, show yeah, you yeah. a bunch of cocks or nothing because the picture right in the center is me. And a lot of guys, I'm not going to show you the me picture no. for sure, because I don't want to make you feel bad about your dick size. But I'm okay. Uh, uh, most of the guys, it's just a picture of their junk and stuff. For me, it's a picture of my whole body, and I'm sitting like, <laughs> just everything <laughs> spread wide, back, just, just like, chilling. Like, hey, man spreading. But uh, I'm going to see if it'll load up the map. I wonder if my, if my neighbor's on there. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of closeted guys. A lot of people put on, like, the, the key word is discreet. That's yeah, what yeah. they use. So sometimes um, I'll be like, hey, man, you want to come over and hit my house? And they're like, uh, yeah, is it, is it discreet? Like, well, yeah. I got two roommates, man, but they don't know you. Yeah, but what about, like, hey, I'm a, I'm married, and but I suck dick on the side. That could be a, a thing, lot of too. That. I don't, a, I, I'm sure there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget who I use it on stage now where I'll say on stage, uh, my mom asked me this question, but I can't remember who did, but it's funny if mom asked me, but someone asked me, have you ever had sex with a married man? Mm-hmm. And my response is, I don't know. It's hard to see a wedding ring through a glory hole, <laughs> which not only works for that joke, but actually works kind of like in the larger sense of, uh, you know, you don't know unless you ask and I'm not right, right, fucking right. asking, uh, it's taking a minute. It's loading. There's yeah, so many in Flugerville or on Flugerville. You put a mile radius around it. Put a what? A mile, like a radius. Oh no, no, it's 
Austin. It's all of Austin. I can just zoom out and it'll be further. Like, uh, there's nothing on here right now, but you, oh, wait, hold up, hold up. I think, <laughs> I think we might have made it. I think we might have got to it. But uh, it's, it's, it's an overlay map, so I'm going to zoom out so everything's kind of a blur, so you can't really see yep. what you don't want to see. Yeah, sure. So now I'm putting my thumb over the one dick you can see. Uh-huh. So now, see, all these little things are different whatnots. This little orange, I'm going to move further. So now all you can see is the orange thing, right? Uh-huh. So now that, you touch it. Oh, it, oh sorry. No. Okay, okay. Those are just, they're shirtless. There's nothing but a butt. Okay. Yeah. But that's an orgy, which nine people are attended right now at the Best Western in Buda. Oh, um, they do meetups. Yep. And then uh, let's say I'm going to click on Gorville Park Hike and Bike. It was a little tree on the map, and it pops up about one mile into the trail. You get better secluded spots coverage. Parking on uh, Jane Avenue and entering there puts you a lot closer to the best areas. Weekdays are, and evenings are best. Open till ten o'clock officially, but there's activity later. So that's is that a, a bar or go around? That, that that's that's a park. That's a public park. Oh, so we meet up at the park. There's there's one in here that is um, meet behind the target by the dumpsters. You park next to it. You leave your passenger door open a little bit, and that's the signal. Uh, there's a Bull Creek. Park has a bench, and I, all these places, by the way, I've never been to because I'm too old for public shit. Come to my fucking house, you loser! You know, <laughs> have a but, couch for God's sake. You know, I got a bed, I got a couch, I got lube. It's, everything's at the house. You're not spitting on my ass, uh, unless you have to. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, there's uh, the Bull Creek Bench one. It just says best bench in town to meet up at, and then after that, it just follows the GPS coordinates, like longitude and latitude lines to walk through the park to find it wow and yeah it's 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 incredible for getting laid uh the other night i turned it on at midnight 30 just i was like uh oh i i had uh, i was conversing with someone the day before and they said they're gonna text me the next day and i was turning it on just to see oh hey did someone did he text me mm-hmm. he hadn't but while i was on broop, something came up hey hey and i looked and it has the distance on and it was like four thousand feet away and i was like oh don't mind if I do, you know, and I hit him up, he came over to the house, and we had a little bit of midnight fun. But um, in answer to your question. I forgot my question. <laughs> is there a lot in Pflugerville? So, yeah, there, there's a few here and there. But there's one guy looking like he's asleep with a dick in his mouth. And I, it, no, just in case, you know, when you get out of here, you have somewhere to go. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, oh, and then there's the the group chat down here that just you you post let's just read a few uh six minutes ago 19 miles away who needs head uh five minutes ago 10 miles away heading home hit me up if you're north next one husky stocky uh, here's one who's looking to bottom or suck it's just it's sex it's straightforward oh, it's dudes. What, is, what do you expect and it's like it's so much less of a hassle than grinder and so yeah sniffies is, is absolutely the way to go but it's you want to hear about a bad hookup on on sniffies <laughs> this guy was in the closet, and I showed up at his house, and he, we had to tiptoe past his uh, uh, buddy's room. His children's bedroom. Not children. <laughs> and, uh, God, I hope not. And uh, he I told was, you they were roommates. I'm not big on big old. guys, but he's like Chris Reese's size. And you know Chris. He's yeah, like 6'1", yeah. 300-something pounds. He's a big motherfucker. Yeah. And whenever I get into this guy's room, he closes the, the door behind me and immediately walks to the head of his bed and picks a gun, a pistol, up off the head of his bed. And he sees the look in my eyes. He's like, oh, oh, this is where it always is. But the head of the bed might be moving in a few minutes, so I'm moving it somewhere safe. 
mm-hmm. you know, to prevent accidental discharges, which I immediately made a double pun about because sure. you do. Because you're a comic, yeah. Yeah, and then he goes, uh, so are you into Tina? What's I was Tina? like, Tina, no, dude, I'm, I'm into guys. Who the fuck's this Tina bitch? Come to find out, Tina is gay slur, and I didn't know this. It's gay slur for crystal meth. Oh, shit. Christina. Crystal ah. meth. Tina. And so this dude had been doing meth <laughs> all fucking so day. Oh, dude, this dude had been doing meth all day. And I don't know if you know about whiskey dick, but there's a similar effect. Uh, so he only had a half-heart dick, so that w- was awful. And he wasn't nutting, so it was like an hour, you know. And no one has time to fuck for an hour. I'm 40. Come on. Uh, Work no. on it. Okay, well, no one has time to bottom for an hour. Uh, <laughs> anyway, before we started, I handed him my glasses because I was like, hey, take these. And he, he he took them, and I assumed he would have set them somewhere safe, like next to the gun, right? He fucking sets them on, like, next to the bed, and they fall on the floor. And he steps on them and breaks them during our sex times, right? Uh-huh. And uh, uh, we're getting dressed, and he's, oh, man. Picks up the glasses, and I was like, dude, I turned into, uh, I'm a sub-bottom. I turned into a street top real fucking fast. I was like, the fuck, man? Yeah? Putting bass in my voice? <laughs> oh, dude, I was I was puffing my chest out, and he you was like. You fucked me in my ass, but goddamn, man, this is fucked up shit right here. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm a gay man. I'm still a fucking man, motherfucker. I'll beat your ass till breaking my shit. And he was like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here you go. And he reaches in his pockets, and he pulls out $180 in $20 bills. He goes, here you go, man. I'm sorry. I took that money. I went home and uh, uh, I super glued these back together right there <laughs> and uh, kept the $180. And technically, I'm a whore. You know? Congratulations. Te- technically, I'm a whore. Congratulations. It worked. Holy shit. So remember, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes it's guns and broken glasses. It, it sniffies your dope shit. <laughs> Is my what? Sniffies, is that, is that your dope shit? My dope shit? Yeah, like you want to recommend to other people? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. If uh, So I'm not just recommending this to gays, by the way. Is there like a Muffies for women? No, but if you're a straight man and you haven't got laid in a while and you're feeling down about yourself, you're like, man, this sucks. Take a picture of your dick, put it on Sniffies, and you'll get messages. You do not have to respond to any of them. All you got to do is sit there and look at all these people that are like, your dick is amazing. And that boosts you up, lifts you up. Now you go out there to the bar, you find some hot chick, you talk her into the sex like you do. Yeah, you but know? then the guy shows up. He's like, yo. No, no, he doesn't know where you're. you're he, he, like, sniffy, you can also set it to, like, ballpark your area. Oh, so it would lurk. show that you're in this neighborhood, uh-huh. and it'll pick a random spot to put your little icon so no one can track you down to your door with sniffies if you don't want them to be able to uh-huh. and again you don't have to respond you don't have to put a face pic no way to track you down straights and it just you just get compliments just, yeah but you get happy compliments and if you are gay fucking a this is the easiest way to get laid you know if you're especially if you're into public shit there's a lot of what is it not voyeurism uh, what's when you want to fuck in front of people uh it's not a um Ex- exhibition exhibitionist, exhibitionist. Yeah, yeah. If you're an exhibitionist, you like to be, or you like to do public stuff. And oh, and they also got under stalls on Sniffies, like all the WalMarts and stuff around town. Third stall in <laughs> the Randalls on 71 and Manchester. The, the Randalls, <laughs> the fucking Home Depot. There's a Home Depot one. Uh, all the gyms, all of the all gyms are on the there. Gyms. You know, and um, the bath, the Waterburger bathroom on. <laughs> oh, dude, it's it, it gets thick. Uh, <laughs> it gets thick with dick. Uh, 
but you know, it's, it's, it's super easy. So yeah, hit, hit up Sniffies. And, uh, what I had planned to plug uh-huh. was, uh, if you're ever on LSD mm-hmm. and you want something fun to watch, uh, Go on YouTube and watch OK Go. They're a band, and they do wacky shit. Oh, their music video is always dope, right? They had the one with the treadmills. That was yep. them. That yeah, was the easiest one that they did. Uh, they did one where it's four seconds of like crazy shit happening and explosions and r- stuff happening really fast mm-hmm. in just four seconds. And then they're like, "That's one moment. This is that same one moment slowed down." And it's a three-minute music video that is all of that that happened. And, oh, I've seen and that the one. Dudes are lip syncing. In yes. slow motion to the song and say, how do they get that to work? Yes, I've seen that one. They do one where they're in an airplane and it's all uh, doing the parabolas so that they uh, uh, get weightlessness on the way down. Mm-hmm. And so they're just doing weightless stuff in there and they clipped it together so perfectly. You can't really tell where the parabolas begin and end. It's incredible. Those guys are incredible. And if you're on, if you're on acid, it's just nuts to watch. <laughs> they made a Rube Goldberg machine with like almost a thousand moving parts. Uh-huh. And, you know, it got it to work. You know, they do visual effects. They do stop motion. All kinds of shit that they do. It's always a, a oh, wonderful and, and the music is blast. good, by the way. And the, <laughs> the music is good by itself. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've never been really into a lot of music. I was raised on... The uh, only thing my parents would let me listen to was Weird Al. They were very restrictive about music. Are you excited about the movie? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know you're, you're a movie buff, but I, I figured. Dude, you I would. would be. I'd, uh, really? Do, do you think that was good casting to put the dude? The I think he's a decent actor. I think he he's a decent like actor. Him. He's way too chiseled. He doesn't have to. He, he doesn't have to look. No, he looks like old Weird Al. Did you ever see Weird Al in the eighties? Yeah, but he had a long face, didn't he? When he did long like eat there. it, wherever he, he did eat it, wherever he, he had did, a long uh, face. UHF. He never had the chisel kind of thing face like. I mean, you're never like, gonna get it perfect. You're not gonna, you're not, you're not gonna get a Randy I mean, Malick. Adam Sandler or somebody. Someone has like at least the shape of the head is Adam, Happy Doobie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least get the shape of the head right. I don't know. No, I, and, and I love I Adam Sandler. As well. I didn't grow up on Weird Al. I didn't find out about him until much later. But uh, yeah, I figured you'd be excited about that. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down. I'm down to watch that for sure. That'd right. be fun. My dope shit. Uh, I watched this documentary. So this this uh, series on Netflix called Untold Stories about like sports stuff. I'm not that big of a sports buff myself. Same here. Um, but I was curious about the N1 brand. It's called the rise and fall of N1. So if you don't remember, N1 was, uh, while Nike was, I mean, Nike was being like dominating the apparel game. Uh, N1 came in, it was like, yo, we're going to put out a shoe. Uh, and that didn't work out. And then they were like, let's capture a bunch of uh, street players, street ballers in Harlem doing all these crazy tricks. And that became their brand. Anyone was always known to, to for, for that. And it's basically how they took that idea uh, and basically took it worldwide because they, they went on tour all over the country to like recruit you know, ballers from Atlanta, from uh, D.C., from all over the place. And then from there, they grew the brand, they grew the merch and the shoes and blah, blah, blah. So it's really about how it came up. So, like, three white guys were like, whoa, we love basketball. Really, really love basketball. Look at what these black guys are doing. And these black guys are doing crazy tricks. And then, you know, you get the money involved. You get, you know, they're making millions of dollars. So it's really interesting because I, I always wonder what the fuck happened to anyone. Hmm. So, Untold Stories, The Rise and Fall of Anyone on Netflix. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it kind of pissed me off. 
I don't want to say too much, but yeah. Okay. Check it out. Anyway, where can people find you? All that good stuff? Uh, For comedy, I pretty much just have, like, I got peer pressured into Instagram. Yeah. Well, welcome. So, uh, at John Rice, that's uh, J-O-N-R-I-C-E, at John Rice Comedy. You know, all one word, John Rice Comedy. And I got reels up there of my actual stand-up, uh, some of the bits I've talked about here. You know, there's a lot of good stuff on there. A lot of good stuff on there. And please write that fucking book already. I, you know, I, oh, audio. You just, are just literally like the thirty fortieth person to me, sure. and and I and I absolutely should. I just don't have the patience for it. And I, uh, it's pure laziness at this point. What else? It, it really is pure laziness. I, I should do like an audio book, like you're saying, just like just read it, like just, you, just talk it. You told me you spend Labor Day on the couch, <laughs> After chilling like acid. a villain. Well, yeah. Well, acid takes a lot out of me. I'm an old man now. Uh, cut the shit. I do acid once a week, every weekend on Sunday. That should be what I plug. Do acid, kids, once a week. <laughs> I had suicidal depression. Uh, I do acid once a week now. Fucking cleared right the fuck up. Uh, the views of John Rice do not reflect the views of the <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying uh, I'm, I'm on board the train of all drugs should be legal 100%. Well, isn't that what it is in uh, Washington State or Oregon? One of the two? Oregon has Oregon. decriminalized a bunch of stuff, but some other stuff still is illegal. And a lot of it's Portland proper, just the city. Oh, right. Because Portland carries oregon to make it a blue state everywhere else in oregon is is very red same with washington yeah Se- seattle tacoma it's all blue except everywhere else is red but there's enough population there to carry the state to be a blue state oh we'll, we'll, we'll see what happened with beto and stuff if we become a governor i <laughs> beto things won't change <laughs> no they won't <laughs> they fucking won't I, i'm not gonna hold my breath anyway all right uh make sure you follow the feedback on instagram and all that good stuff uh also record play live on instagram uh wednesday september 21st at the pershing uh east coast hip-hop edition get your tickets at recordplay.live go see john rice on stage very funny very, this Friday, very quick in the funny. oh wait, no, this is gonna be out next week. Never mind. Right. <laughs> I was like, this Friday, I got a show. Come see it, but it's gonna be out next nah, week. Just follow the dude. I mean, yeah, follow me. Follow him there. on Sniffies or wherever. Oh, yeah, follow, follow me on Sniffies. <laughs> Sniffies grinder, dude. That would be so tight. Like, so hit me up, up on, on Sniffies and be like, I saw you on a podcast. That'd be so tight. Hey, that's the credit. Or, or to get noticed, like someone shows up, like shows up to like get their dick sucked, and they're like, Hey, I saw you on stage. I'd be like. <laughs> Get in here. <laughs> this one's on the house. Look, you should mention this. You've seen him on Sniffies. You've seen <laughs> That should be my intro now. That should be your credit. Use Sniffies yeah. as a credit. You've seen it on Sniffies. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for John Rice. Put your hands together. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming through. I know this hey, was last minute. Me. Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, we'll definitely come back uh, and catch up on some more stories. stories. Well, I know you do. <laughs> so I want to see that fucking book. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Ciao, ciao.